today we are going to be telling you what is happening inside Nintendo right now as they prep to launch Switch 2. Yeah, I think a lot of people are very focused on an announcement and when that might happen. Right. But there's a lot of work that leads to that point of yeah. getting ready. So we want to kind of open everybody's eyes a little bit about all of the very hard work that happens to get to that point. Because yes. that's not where things begin if you right. are working at Nintendo. If you're working at Nintendo, there's so much work to do to get to a point where it becomes public. We're going to take you inside all the different departments, tell you what each department is responsible for. We obviously lived through this. We launched several Nintendo hardware systems, including Switch, when we worked at the company. So, yeah, we'll reflect a little bit on all that hard work and maybe be a little glad that we don't have to do it again. Because <laughs> it's, I am it's glad. a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> now we can just enjoy, right? Yeah. Um, also, very exciting. Oh, this is our 100th Wow! You brought the cake, right? The big cake with the yes, 100 on it? Where's yes, that? Yes, yes. I oh, have the cake. You don't have it. I have the cake. <laughs> have it tomorrow. <laughs> um, yeah, it's exciting, though. I can't believe it. It's so crazy that we made it so far already. It didn't feel like it. Felt like it no, we had this one circled on our calendar for a while because we knew it was coming. Yeah. And we talked through like all sorts of things we could do for this, like big and small. And I think ultimately we opted for something that was maybe a bit more subdued than some of the other options of what we could do because <laughs> I think we thought about it. It's like, yeah, this is a great milestone. This is special, but it's not like the end goal for us. No, yeah. Like we are going to continue the podcast. We hope to get to two, three, like more, you know, hundreds One more. One million episodes. So we are going to celebrate this by doing um, kind of a trip down, like this is like, this is, like a, this is your life. But it's this is your podcast. It's like we're gonna we're, we are we each have the ten moments that got us to this point. Right, right. That we are both going to share. Yeah, and we might have something that we don't know what each other's ten moments. I'm sure are. that some will be different. I'm sure some will be the same. So it'll yeah. be interesting to see. But it's very interesting because it is like one of those things where everything kind of builds upon itself. Like if, right. if one of these things on my list, I feel like if it, one of those things didn't right. happen, it didn't go exactly that way. A thousand years ago, a butterfly flapped its wings. <laughs> and and it led the, to us today having this 100th podcast. out of ooze, exactly. we crawled out right. to do a podcast. Um, but yeah, if like any one of those things, it's so weird to think about it, it's like the butterfly effect, totally. If when any one of those things did not happen in that particular true. way, it would have all fallen apart. It's so true. It would have fallen apart. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk about that, and it's going to be a fun episode. So we hope that you guys will hang out with us and celebrate 100 episodes with us today. Yes, please. Um, obviously, we have to thank our wonderful Patreon family for getting us to 100 episodes. Obviously, we could not have done any of this. We can't believe that we have such a wonderful Patreon community behind us to make 100 episodes and more possible. Um, and we love you guys so much. Thank you for all the support. And if you'd like to join us to keep this podcast going up to 200 episodes, then we're at patreon.com slash Krista. We're truly Patreon-led to the extent that we recently uh, let our Patreon subscribers do a very detailed survey on how yes. they thought things were going in Kit and Krista Honest land. Thoughts? 
Uh, please yeah. give us your honest, unfiltered feedback. Mm -hmm. And we have been going through all of that information. It's fascinating it's to great. see. Yeah. And we are going to be using that to inform some changes that we're going to be making for 2024, which you'll all be hearing about soon. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it is truly the inner circle for us. It is, absolutely. And we do everything for this wonderful community. That's really the whole point of this 100 episodes and more is like, we want to continue to build this community, continue to have this awesome friendship with all of you guys, and we especially cherish that with our wonderful Patreon family. So, yes, please join us. It's great. And joining that starts uh, for the low, low price of free. free so, <laughs> please consider. Yeah, yeah, it's very uh, easy to join. Um, we have some exciting news right off oh. the bat here, which is... Well. Which is Listen. Do I know what you're going to say right now? I'm not sure I do now. Well, You've thrown me off. Well, you better stop interrupting me and let me finish my thought here. What are you going to say? <laughs> <laughs> this actually is the last episode. <laughs> and my drop, I'm out. No, just kidding. Um, we are so lucky because wonderful friends at Ubisoft mm. sent over some early codes for Prince right. of Persia. And we've, we've been playing. We're going to have some impressions. That's coming out soonish. Um, and we'll we'll do a whole thing on that, but we're very excited to be playing this game early. Yes, the awesome. embargo for that basically lifted at the same time that we always release the podcast, <laughs> and that's the one thing we do that is like pretty set in stone. Like yeah. we don't change the time when the podcast comes out because we know a lot of people look forward to it. So we are not going to be talking about it in this podcast. We will have a separate video. That's right. Um, taking you deep into what we think and showing mm -hmm. it off. So that will be out shortly after yeah. this podcast comes out. So exactly. you can look forward to that. But yeah, uh, yeah it's been great to play that early. Right. right. And thanks again, Ubisoft, for sending those over. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much. Um, we are also prepping for our next Super Kitten Krista 64 video. We did a video kind of similar to this on the NSO, like, Nintendo Switch NSO. We did this video a long time ago. It feels like a long time ago. And but I think it was one of our more creative ideas. Yeah. Which was I like this we one. called it we called it a scavenger hunt. Right. But it was finding things in games rather than in real life. Right. So last time we did it with Nintendo 64 games. This time we're doing it with any my physical NES game yeah. collection, which That's I'm going to be twist. bringing in. That's the twist because we do have a growing collection of like NES, SNES, right. NES games. We've been doing a lot of like retro game hunting around. Last year, we went to some cool like retro shops. We went to the Portland Retro Gaming Expo. So now we have this like nice collection. Right. So it'd be fun to like grab bag out of the, right. all so, the physical games. So I'll give you an example of one clue that I thought, I've been making my list that I thought about, but I'm not I'm not gonna include for you. I'll oh. give that to, you, to the good people as a hint. Okay. Uh, the woman in pink gives the secret agent his clues. Do you have any idea what that game could be? Of course not, it's too hard. The game is Golgo 13. Okay, I don't know Which is a very game. obscure game uh, based on a very cool Japanese property. Okay, there you go. About a sniper. Uh, that's a game that if it came out today would be a hard M. There's some crazy stuff that happens in that really? game. Really? It gets saucy. Oh. In this NES game. Really? For yes. the children? Yes. And you were playing it as an eight-year-old youth? You it's were a, playing saucy it's, games? It's nuts. But that's a kind of hint. And then you have to go through these, like, well, what are the games that we have here? Yeah. What could it be? You're going to have to physically put the thing in, kerchunk right. it in. You also have um, to, like, if you can't, if you're just totally stumped, you can give the other person, right. like, a little bit more. Right, right. Like, you can say, like, okay, this is from this franchise or whatever sure. i mean you can, you can 
like you know, give them a little bit more clues. Right, right. But to I, help them get but there. I think it's going to be more fun instead of doing it on NSO, having the physical games I think there. So fun. You do not blow into these cartridges. Now we know that's a bad thing to do. Do oh. not do that. These are all. I've cleaned all of these. They should be good. No, these should be great. Yeah, these are all like very nice. Like nice condition. We, right. We, we bought them at mm -hmm. really reputable places. Some of these are my original cartridges too. Some of these are your from right. your childhood. Um, but yes, it's gonna be fun. I think it's gonna be really cool, and I can't wait to like fail miserably. But it'll be fun. maybe I'll do all the cartridging now that I think about it more. Instead oh, of you don't like, trust me. <laughs> I broke like, it. Yeah. The pins are all oh, like no, messed up. Oh no! It snapped. Oh. I've never. I'm oh. so careful. Oh, no. I'm so delicate. I'm such a delicate <laughs> young lady. Uh huh. I'm such a princess. Indeed. With such delicate hands to put your cartridge in so gently. Okay. Yes. Okay. Exactly. So that's coming soon. The good yes. folks on Patreon will be getting that first. Mm -hmm. But as they say, please look forward to it. Oh, please. Please. Please yes. look forward to it. So we got these two big uh, segments right off the gate. Uh, what's Nintendo doing? And then our 100th episode celebration. Uh, but first, as always, we got to shout out our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Factor. Thank you, Factor. Get started on your resolutions with Factor so you're ready for the new year. Factor is ready to eat. Meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Skip the grocery store's prep work and cooking fatigue. Instead, get chef-crafted, dietitian-approved meals delivered right to your door. It is resolution season. <laughs> and you told me you're having a hard time with yours. I'm already, already having a hard time. <laughs> you said it was still the holidays. I have, I have some news for you. Those are over. I know. You were like, how, you been, how have you been eating? I'm yeah. like, it's still the holidays. I'm still eating like four cookies a day. I'm looking forward to President's Day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you are trying to get healthy for the new year, Factor is such a great and easy way to do it. They have so many different options. They have like keto options if you want to do that. Calorie smart, vegan, veggie. So much more, and the best part is, is that it's so easy. You just heat it up two minutes in the microwave, right. and you're ready to go. Here's the thing that I like about this. So, do you ever make like a healthy dinner, and then you eat that, and you're like, mm, I, want, I want something a little bit more, and then you go with like get a bag of chips or something. Or you just like, like mac and cheese, right? But with this, it's like. <laughs> This is what you have. The meal is what you have. I know. So it's not like, oh, I have all this other stuff or there's leftover and I have another portion of this. It's like, no, this is the meal. The portion control. That is what is good about yeah. this. I'm definitely feel I, 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 I like everybody. I overindulged. Over the holidays, I'm ready. <laughs> time to detox. I'm, I'm time to uh, yeah. get, get serious about this, and this is a great way to do it. Yeah. Also, you know, the other thing that's really, really tough as people are trying to get back into the new year is like you're busy. You're trying to back like, to work. Back to work. Right. So you don't want to, you know, do a lot of takeout. It's also very expensive. Factor is so much more right. affordable as well, and it's so easy. So. We are big fans. Yes, 35 weekly meals to choose from, over 55 weekly add-ons, it's perfect. Uh, so head to factormeals.com slash kitandkrista50 and use code kitandkrista50 to get 50% off. That's code kitandkrista50 at factormeals.com slash kitandkrista50 to get 50% off. And we'll put the link right over here and also in the description below. Yes, all right. More Switch 2. People seemed interested in, in the discussion of the Switch 2. It's, it's yeah. uh, on well, people's it's a minds. big discussion. Yes. You told me last week you had a moment of anxiety. You're like, oh my gosh, we did this big <laughs> predictions episode. What if it doesn't even come out this year? And you laughed where's at my the, face. Where's the conviction? You laughed at my face. I always do this. Even when I was like working at Nintendo, I was like, something's ha going to happen. We're not launching this thing. Even though I knew it was coming out because I was like working on it. I don't know what my, my problem is, but I'm over it now. Um, anyways, but 
we were talking about it at the top, you know, it's, it's really interesting to look at this from the public side where you, you sort of start, like, kick off the, the hardware or whatever with the announcement. Right. Like the official announcement. Right. For, if, you are, if you are just Joe Consumer, that's when it begins. That's when it begins for right. you, right? Um, obviously, there's, like, lots of rumors and speculations leading up to it that you can, like, go, go in, in circle around. But it doesn't really officially right. start until the official announcement. It is the proverbial iceberg, though, where the, the stuff that's out of the water is what you see. Yeah. And then there's everything else that that's the company has been doing to, yeah. get, to get ready, which is, I mean, literally years when it, com- when it comes yeah. to new hardware of, of getting stuff ready and getting yeah. software ready and getting partners ready, there's just like an infinite amount of work right. to do. So I think it's fun to look at this and get a look at the other side of what yeah. it is. Exactly. Before we get into this, I want to say we are, it's pretty amazing that there have not been substantial leaks for this yet. Pretty good, yeah. Um, you know, there was the stuff from, from Gamescom, Gamescom about mm-hmm. how the partners were getting briefed. I'm sure partners have, and that's when the danger zone happens. Exactly. Is when it gets out of the Nintendo buildings. Right. And into... Like other people's Other hands. developers, yeah. you know, so many people see it, touch it, and they may have, you know, an inkling to, you know, yeah. tell a little birdie something that they know or saw or exactly. take a picture of something. So that's kind of amazing that we've made it this far and that hasn't happened. Obviously, Nintendo is um, the, ki- so the king of clamping down yeah. on leaks. But again, sometimes these things happen. The other thing that is different this time is we would often get kind of a pre-announcement of the announcement in, a, in kind of a financial sense. Yeah. Where like, like, so we, we learned about coming. We learned yeah. about the NX console. Right. And they said, hey, the successor is coming. It's going to be called the NX console. And that was kind of it. Right. And people knew. And that happened, you know, that, that's happened a number of times. And it's often been, again, in a financial sense. Mm-hmm. But I think this time, you know, with Switch doing so well, exactly. I, can, I can understand why they wouldn't and might just go straight to, official. hey, here it is. Everybody, yeah. check this out. Exactly. I, I, I was going to say that the reason why is because the, the huge difference from where Nintendo was a company during Wii U right. times to where Nintendo as a company is right now during Switch times, right? During the Wii U times, it was like you could not move on to the next thing fast enough right. to like get people, you know, more confident and, and regain their confidence in in your the future of your company. Versus now, it's like let's not rock the Switch boat. We still want people to buy this thing. We still don't want to cannibalize Switch in any way. So we're gonna be real hush hush yeah. um, until the official announcement is ready. Right. Um, so yeah, it is very interesting, the difference between two console generations, but here we have it. So onto this, we have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight groups uh, that we want to share kind of what they're doing. And, you know, mm-hmm. some of these are maybe more behind the scenes than others. Yeah. But it's stuff that, again, you may not have considered or, or known, um, you yeah. know, went into launching a console. So let's start with uh, localization. Obviously, there are plenty of games to localize, but there is also this other interesting work of all of the stuff that's on the hardware itself needs to get localized. Yeah, all of that stuff, like all of the UI stuff. Right, right. So anything that is not a game that you are doing on that console, on that system, you know, goes through that team and, Mm -hmm. 
you know, they want to make sure that that's also the same level of quality and is understood by people in different regions. So right, right. That was kind of like a. I was like, huh, when I when I obvious, but it's so obvious. It's so obvious. A lot of this stuff is super obvious. And then you're like, oh, I never because it's because it's like, oh well, yeah, that happens for a game or that happens for other project projects. But it's like for some reason with consoles, we don't think about it mm -hmm. in that same way. Yeah, and they would have had to start this process a long time ago. Right. Right. Um, so. But this is an interesting one, though, yeah. where, you know, every system now has the big, like, day one patch, patch because mm -hmm. they want to hit a date, and, but the, the work will continue. So that, that's something that will probably, you know, continue uh, for a fairly long period of time. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, next, we have the sales team. And this is a really interesting one. Right, right. Because... You know, there's so much angst always around Stock. getting a system. Mm -hmm. We already are feeling that angst of like, yeah. gosh, we're worried. Are we going to be able to get one? Are we going to have to wait? Are we going to have to meet a guy in the McDonald's parking lot <laughs> at two in the morning yeah. and make some shady deal? But they do the very challenging work of thinking about like, well, if we have this many allocated to us, who gets those? Right. Which retailers are getting what percentage? And those meetings happen like really far in advance. And it, it could be happening even without mentioning of the new hardware. Right. Like these conversations that the Nintendo sales team do, is doing with retailers are based on so many factors and like the relationship building part of it is so important. So like even when like the, the system isn't even rumored or announced yet, the team is thinking about right. what sort of allocations they're giving these retailers yeah. and why, you know? Yeah, they're so. thinking about, you know, where where is stuff sailing, selling well now? Where is mm -hmm. it not? Um, what you know, audience if, are we trying right, to if reach? Right, you if you have a certain product, where is where's it going to do best? So, right. I mean, sales is constantly just a job of negotiation because if, mm -hmm. you, if you have a hot product, the person on the other side is negotiating to get more. Yeah. If you have a bad product, you are negotiating, hey, hey, buddy, take more. Take yeah. more of these Animal Crossing Amiibo. I know. And I always felt like, I always felt for the sales team because they really are like the ones that had to do the most sort of like physical boots on the ground work, right. as we call it. Like they're traveling to like Wisconsin. Like we're going to Bentonville, Arkansas to Arkansas go talk to Walmart HQ. In like HQ. the dead of winter yeah. and stuff. Like I've been, I've been in Arkansas for like two and a half weeks yeah. doing these retailer meetings and you're like, oh. That sounds kind of hard. Right, you know, right. They're always on the road. It's like literally a traveling salesman. It's yes. that job. It's uh, crazy. But it takes a certain personality to be great at sales. So yes. I think, you know, they. I think they kind of like they it. Like they like it they, too. they love it. They're cut out yeah. for it. We're not. Yeah, yeah. But I always I always thought that, oh, they're such hard workers, you know? Yeah. The flip side of that is we're, you know, we're getting ready to put this new thing on shelves. You also need to get ready to take the old thing off of shelves. Or like have some sort of strategy where you kind of like sell through right. the old There's thing like a transition. to make room for the new thing. Right. The other thing that retailer is like, we always heard this from our sales team is like, like we have to think about like how big the thing is because the shelf space right. that is, is very, you know, right. like coveted. That is a limited resource. That is right. not something that you control. Like it is literally a physical shelf yeah. in, in a store. Yeah. So... You can't just have as many products as you want right. that are as big as you want and take up as much space. And this is this is why, like, we saw the downfall of things like the uh, music, like Guitar Hero games, yeah, or like all box for, all like, the, the toys drums? to life stuff. Because yeah. it's like, yeah, we actually can't put fifty amiibo on the on shelf, shelf on the yeah. shelf at once. So yeah. 
you don't the, you don't want a situation where like the old switch just vanishes. Right, because some people might you wanna, still want to have that. Transition. You want to have a mix, and and again, it's probably going to be a, a little while before Switch Two gets fully mm -hmm. maximum stocked. Right. So this is a very delicate dance of how do we slowly edge away from original yeah. Switch, and because still people are still going to want that. Right. That's still going to be in demand, but not as much as it was. Mm -hmm. So this is tough. Yeah, and Nintendo does have some good experience doing this. Obviously, like the, the 3DS era, I think is, you know, the DS 3DS mm -hmm. era is a good, a good example of that, of that sort of how do we make those transitions from the transitioning out of the older system to the newer system, knowing that some people are still preferring, you know, the older right. system right. for whatever reason. So it is like one of those things where you have to negotiate all of this in advance with all of your retail partners and get those plans in place and reserve those shelf spaces and all that stuff. Because yeah, like unlike, you know, a game that can be sold digitally and all that stuff, like there's only one option here. Right. You have to have space for like a thing. So it, it is the same conversation you have about games too, but I think the backwards compatibility again informs how quickly you might right. want to cycle out of those because right. again you might you may have an original Switch game that continues to be a hot seller mm -hmm. if it is backwards compatible. So we right. need to, we need to find out what happens, but if that's the case to thinking about that too. Right. Lastly, oh boy. This is more of a this is maybe wishful thinking. Yeah, because they don't have a good track record of no. this, and we live through it. Honestly, though, not a lot of people do. This is this is kind of a broken part of this process it at is. this point in time. Pre-orders. Yes. How to not make pre-orders a complete disaster. Mess. Yeah. I had many conversations personally with the sales team around, hey, what can we do to not make this a free-for-all, yeah. to not make something go live at... 2 a.m. So, yeah. so that people wake up and be like, what, it sold out before I even knew? To give people warning to prepare. And they're like, hey, it's, the, it's in the retailer's hands. They're going to do what they want. We can give them guidance. But, you know, they want to sell something. If it sells out, they're happy. That's the thing. Like, they're, they're not really incentivized to make it, unfortunately, right. incentivized to make it easy for you, the consumer, because their end goal is to sell out. Right. And, and, you know, and they're gonna. If it's so. a scalper, it's like, well, I mean, you can do with it once you want. Once you got yeah, it from us, it's not, it's not our problem. Yeah, we sold it. It's our problem, which which stinks for all of us. Right. So there's a lot of reasons why this is sort of a broken system. Yeah. I think what um, Valve did when the Steam Deck was coming out was good, where it was like you needed to have an account, you needed to put a little bit of money into that. Yeah. Um, just to show that you were a real person and mm -hmm. serious. Right. There's just not enough innovation and thought going into this space yet because, again, it's like it's a lot of finger pointing of like, well, that's mm -hmm. their problem. No, it's, their, it's it's kind of everybody's problem, it is, honestly, yeah. because it just gets worse and worse every time it seems. So, again, we hope that some thought is going into this. Like, let's make this a positive experience yeah. for our customers, our valuable customers. That's the thing. But I kind of think it's not. That's the thing. I, I do think, you know, Nintendo should be more incentivized to take a bit more responsibility in this process because at the end of the day, yes, the retailers might not care that a scalper or some bot has purchased all of the new systems and then is making it a terrible customer experience for actual people that want to be in like in the Nintendo ecosystem and buy even more things from them. So, you know, they, they honestly should care a little bit more, right. I think. Um, and they don't right now, um, but hopefully 
um, they're doing a little bit better there right, to, right. to make some efforts to make it a, a bit of bit of a better process. Right. All right. That's enough sales. Uh, design. The design team yeah. does all of the packaging. Right. For the hardware and the software. I am such a geek when it comes to like new generation software. Like what is the package going to look like? How oh, big is it? Too. What is the template? What? Like, yeah. Can I, can I get a look? Can I get a close look at this? And sometimes yeah, yeah. when I ask people this, they're like, who cares? I love. Like, no, I really care. I love packaging. Lot. I love this. And like Nintendo is really cool because they do have like the Japanese packaging sensibilities, which is like oh. top notch. Like, What does the, that mean? I mean, like everyone knows that Japanese packaging or like the way products are like put together in Japan uh -huh. is so much more like high level I see. than it is here. I think the only competitor in the US is like maybe Apple that mm. has like beautiful packaging. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it, it's really cool because the teams, especially the, the design teams, they really work like very closely with the Japanese design right. team, which is like, we had, a, had um, some really interesting like projects that we did with the Japanese design team in the past as well when we were at Nintendo and like they definitely had a different mindset when it comes to like how things looked and how they you know how they're controlling like a lot of the design aspects the IP like it was really interesting to learn like that aspect of it because I didn't really know their mindset until I started working with them and the design team at NOA works really closely with them to figure all of this stuff out and they take a lot of I think you know leads from the Japanese team to like create the final packaging. Right. It's really cool. Right. Yeah. Something else that they do is kind of for more for people outside of design is uh, a style guide. So yes. it's like, hey, if you're doing something with the logo, do it this way, don't do it that way. So that's right. how you make sure that all the materials that are gonna get made like and put out there yeah. look good and look mm -hmm. consistent and don't look like a mess. Yeah, yeah. I. I'm a lover of style guides. I make style guides <laughs> you for make, us. You make them for us. I make them for us. Like when we designed that controller with Captain Alex, yeah. guess what? I sent him a style guide. I had like our <laughs> pant official Pantone colors, the fonts that you are to use and not use in association with the great Kit and Krista brand. But I actually learned all of this from the NOA design team. I mean, yeah, I mean, the they, think, they think through every scenario. Like, well, if you have to do it in black and white, like, here's how you yeah, can do it. Yeah, I think that for ours. Like, this is what the wow. logo should look like in black and white, you know? Yeah. Or like, don't put it against this like busy background. Right, Because it's gonna right. look really ugly. Yeah, it's really interesting to, yeah. to see those. And, and those are super valuable. I love documents them. and, and they just amazing. they just cut down on a lot of yeah. problems and a lot of questions for them honestly because it's like please refer to this it answers right. your question and they also are creating like the official artwork for marketing as well like yeah. if there is like you know beauty shots or just official logos or whatever like that's what we there's like a, a database that everybody in marketing has access to mm -hmm. you can basically just grab that so you make sure you're using the right logos on all your materials and the other thing that's really fun is that like the design team and the sales team actually work really closely together around like packaging because they obviously need to know a right. lot of that stuff for, like we're talking about, like you need to physically have this product on a shelf. Mm -hmm. So you need to talk to the design team and say like, hey, what are the dimensions of this box? Like, is it the same as the box for the original Nintendo right. Switch? Is it bigger, smaller? Like, what does it look like? How is it best displayed? So all of that is like a very sort of 360 conversation between teams to make sure that everything fits on a shelf, it looks great, you know, like people are not gonna be confused about what they're buying. Like all of that stuff is, is those conversations are happening yeah. right, now, right now. 
Next is uh, licensing, which at Nintendo is uh, Publisher Developer Relations, PDR for short. Mm -hmm. And this is like such a crazy busy time for them because they're yeah. working with all the partners who are yeah. developing games on new hardware. Maybe these you know developers have questions of like, well, how do I do this on this new hardware? Can, right, I, right. can I get some help? So there's teams that are involved in that, but they really just need to keep track of what are all the games that are being made and... Mm -hmm. You know, have an eye into hey, what looks promising um, that you know we might want to help them promote down the line and and really be the, this is their job to be the face of Nintendo. That's every other game that gets made that's yeah. not made within Nintendo, which is a huge job. Yeah, and they have like the world's biggest like calendar roadmap thing that they make where they basically you know show like what are the most sort of promising games, what are the biggest partners that we want to promote alongside the launch of a new system. When are those things coming out? So you can map that those, that launch year calendar alongside the first party games. Right. And if you guys remember, like when Switch launched, there was like that long list of games, and like yeah, there were some first party games on there, but I would say like eighty percent of it was third party games. Right. So that's incredibly important, and of course, there's like sort of this level. Of, we talked about this a little bit last week. Like there's a level of prestige when you can get like a big third-party right. partner on board. So, like, are they going to have Baldur's Gate? Are they talking to Larian? Probably yes. Yeah. Um, to have, like, these really prestigious third-party titles, like, available day one on Switch 2. Yeah. So their job is hard because they kind of have a little bit of all of these other teams that we're talking about folded in. Yeah. So... It, it, it's very hard times for them. They're, they're very busy. Sales and them probably maybe the hardest because they also have to travel around a lot. Right. And doing, like, all of these, all like, these visits. meetings and stuff, like studio visits and, like, Again, that's like a really tough yeah. thing to do. So I the feel, one other I feel thing they're doing that's hard is you know once word gets out that any dev kits are out, like yeah. other developers start to ask, like, hey, can we get one? Can we get one? And yeah. they have to be strategic in managing a lot of things. Of like, well, we we might have a limited number of these, mm -hmm. so who needs to get it right away? And is there a confidentiality risk of how widely we can get these things out there? When do certain yeah. studios? When do we want them to get it? Yeah, yeah. This, maybe this this so, studio has like a reputation of like. I mean, it's probably <laughs> a lot of things accidentally. It's probably a lot of telling people no, which isn't fun. Yeah. And you know, making these partners a bit unhappy, which which isn't fun. But and that's, you have to balance that between right. like keeping a good relationship with them because you you probably exactly. do want them to get one. Maybe not right now, but in the near future. And so you want to keep them kind of in the. In your in your like on your bench, right? Right until you're ready for them. So right. it is like a delicate kind of balance of relationships and things like right. that. Uh, next is communications, which is our old team, and uh, this is a team that's working very hard as well. Probably um, something that we would have to do, which was a massive undertaking, but which I I really enjoyed. Yeah. Was there's there's such an effort to just learn everything about this new hardware and the games and everything about it. Yeah. And try and think through, like, what are the questions that we could get asked mm -hmm. and be prepared and, like, actually write up, like, these are our, like, Nintendo-approved responses yeah. to those and, and keep those in this sort of big document that everybody needs to know and learn. Yeah. And you really have to dig 
and and be savvy to have the most comprehensive list of questions yeah, totally. possible, and not and not put like, "Hey, Doug Bowser, now you're doing an interview and you're in a gotcha situation because you didn't because we didn't think ahead of like, oh, they oh might, this could be a question. What is this loophole or what is this small yeah. detail that people want to know? Yeah, you gotta you gotta really think hard about that. And when we say like massive Q and A, we mean like massive Q and A. There's like probably like <laughs> five so like to a thousand questions, right. like a ream of paper. Yeah, some of them are technical, some of them are not. It's, yeah. it's like they're divided into like sections. It, it, right. It is so detailed and like you're always coming up with more questions as yeah. you learn more about the system. It's like a very like living, breathing kind of document. Right. And like we would have to study that thing like a textbook. Yeah. You know, and, not... somet and sometimes it was hard to get the answer. It was like, yeah. oh, who actually knows the answer to that? Right. We don't it's know. really hard to get the answer. And then you have to get it all approved. <laughs> right. It goes through like right. so much approvals, like legal has to approve it. All of Japan has to approve it. Like sometimes different dev teams have to approve it if it's based on like a game or right. or a tech spec or something like that. So it is such a massive undertaking to get this thing made and then to learn it and then to train other people on how to use it. Like Doug Bowser will get media training basically. Right. On how to answer these questions, and he he would have to like basically regurgitate the answers, but do it in a way where it doesn't sound like a robot. Right, it's you know? it's not everybody who's doing an interview thinking yeah. like, oh, well, here's what I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, could you that, would that would be a disaster. Disaster. <laughs> my um, favorite is always when somebody would say, "This is a bad question." It's like, is okay. it is it bad if you get asked it by somebody in an interview? They, this would happen a lot. How I bad would, would that be? I would always just like give them this look, like, "Are you kidding me?" Some people say like. Um, this question, it's not good. Let's delete it. I'm like, you know, by deleting the question off the paper, it doesn't delete it off the minds yeah, of the people. You're making somebody less prepared. Like, IGN is not going to be like, oh, they deleted it off right. the paper? Then I'm, I'm deleting it from my brain. Right. <laughs> it's like, are you kidding me? No, we should, we should probably try to find the answer to that <laughs> just in case. Right, right, right. Um, it's hilarious, but yeah, it becomes like a big thing, and then we do these big roundtable meetings where we go around the room and basically like quiz each other right, right. and stuff. It is, it's it's very comprehensive. Right, but then there's all sorts of other, you know, more external facing materials like a press release and social mm -hmm. content and yeah. all of that stuff that needs to get done and is, yeah. is mega under a microscope right. of people who want to see it and make sure that it all lines up. So there's just like an endless amount of, yeah. of stuff like that to, yeah. to put together. And there's like the big, the sort of the really big things too about like, how do you talk about the new system? Like yeah. how, what do you, what do you, how do you describe it? Like for Switch, it was really easy. It was like the, the one liner that we basically repeated until we were like numb in the brain was like, is you play anywhere, anytime, any with, with anyone. That right. was like the like the tagline or whatever for Switch. What is it going to be for Switch Two? They're going to have to find a way to maybe you know keep some of that DNA from the original Switch, but also like add the new unique factor that will make you want to upgrade. Mm -hmm. um, so like working on that big, like we call it like a key message architecture, which is a very markety term, but. Working on that is like a big undertaking as well, and it, it goes, you know, it, it's a, a discussion that you that you know our team would have with, like the the highest of the high ups of the company, you know, including the executives and like the president in Japan and like Doug, you know, Doug or the other global presidents are all involved in this discussion to really like come up with what is that elevator pitch for the new system. So I think they're probably working on on that as well, and then using that to inform like all of these other public facing things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So. Uh, we imagine there's going to be 
you know, either a dedicated video introducing Switch 2 or be part of a Nintendo Direct. And that's mm -hmm. really something that the content lab and advertising teams, the content lab is basically the, the video, video team. oriented yeah. um, team. And that's something that they would be working together probably in tandem, mm -hmm. but taking a lot of direction from the teams in Japan yeah. on, on what it is, what is the flow, what's shown. Yeah. Uh, because that does become, you know, a global a global piece yeah. that all yeah. the teams use. Luckily they localize the it's similar to what they would do with a Nintendo Direct, they'll localize it. But you know, the Switch reveal video obviously was something that um, was custom in right. the uh, NOA market. Um, so there, there could be something like that as well that the teams are working with, you know, all the global teams are because that's going to be something that's used across the board. So. Right. And they are going to take stuff from that, you know, all that, all the work that the communications team is working on, like how are we describing this? That's going to be basically translated visually into these videos. Like whatever that message is, like, uh, again, for Switch, it was like play anywhere, anytime, anyone, with anyone. And you saw that in that video. So they're going to do that as yeah. well and, and put that into the reveal video, uh, whatever that key message This is. time, please, though, please buy the rights so that you can have this video <laughs> up for more than a year. Thank you very much. Yeah. No more Imagine Dragons, too. <laughs> <laughs> I was, like, oversaturated with Imagine Dragons. Our Treehouse team, they're, they're really, like, a product expertise and education mm -hmm. team. So yeah. they are the one we say, like... Oh, the communications team is learning about the system. Like this is who is We're giving them the from? information. Yeah. So they are the first teams that need to have it in their hands and learn about it and become experts in it. And then from there, you know, they will, you know, meet with different teams and show it off or let them play it or make documentation so that they can also become experts yeah. themselves. So this is just like an, an endless, an endless job. Yeah. And that includes, you know, the games, the hardware, everything about it. And right. and again, this is this is their normal job, but it's just a, amplified. An amplified, much yeah. bigger version of that because it's yeah. hardware and multiple games and mm -hmm. it's this huge important thing. Exactly. And if like, yeah, if there are like priority launch titles that are going to be talked about alongside the new hardware, that will have to be demoed and, and sort of you have to go, Treehouse will have to go around to educate all the other teams about that as well. And that, like when we say all the other teams, we actually mean all the other teams. So like they even educate like legal and stuff like that yeah, on... Yeah you know, everything about this because you have to know the product like backwards and forwards right. to be able to do your job. So mm -hmm. yeah, they'll, they'll be busy. And then finally, this is not within Nintendo, but there's a lot of agencies that work with the company, right. um, you know, within a marketing or other sort of capacities and, and, you know, they need to get involved too because Nintendo is a small company. So a lot of the actual quote work gets passed yeah. along to these agencies and, you know, maybe it's not everybody right away there. They might may do sort of a, a tiered thing where it's like, well, now we need a small group. Now we need, now we need a bigger group. Now we need everybody. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when people are ready to learn, but you know, they get briefed as well. Mm -hmm. Sometimes um, there's like a big meeting where all the agencies come in yep. and, and talk together. I think that meeting probably happened already, like last year. Yeah, late if, last year. If our predictions are accurate, then yeah, that's probably already happened. And, and there's always a lot of encouragement of like, hey, agencies, talk amongst yourselves. You yeah, know, don't, come up with your good ideas. Right. For don't what, don't just stick to the department that you. Are working with day to day. Yes, because those are, they those are always you know seen as the best ideas. Right, the things that are kind of you know like cross cross team teams in in nature. Yeah, and yeah, advertising. You know, they work with a, an agency to actually create the ads, so they're going to need to like yeah. brief them in early so they can actually make the video. So right. like the you know actual things are happening in terms of like 
shooting production. So, um, so yeah, that that does not take place all in house. And again, that is where you you have another bit of danger of like, could this leak? Could, you know, Nintendo has very um, trusted agencies that they work with, so hopefully everything will be fine. But um, that's always like once you kind of get outside of the walls of Nintendo is where things get a little can get a little dicey. Yeah. So there you have it. That's just sort of a taste of, uh, you know, the work that's happening now. And it is a lot. Oh, my gosh. And again, it, it's it's a lot of the same things that you do day to day. But it's the biggest, you know, biggest, baddest version of that. And the with, scrutiny with is the, very... With the, with the most pressure that you would ever imagine. Yeah, that's the thing. I because, think it's the pressure. Right, because it's this, you know, make or break moment for the company. So uh, good luck to everybody over there. Uh, we look forward to seeing the good work. Um, when it's ready. Yes. And hopefully it's not too long. Yeah. yeah. I'm so like, I'm so happy. <laughs> I just want to say that. It's a relief. I mean, it's, it is such a, a wonderful experience to do, to work on hardware launches. It's like such a big deal. It doesn't come around very often, yeah. obviously. And getting that experience is very valuable, but it is so brutal and exhausting. I think I lost years off my life, you know, oh, doing no. it. Got some gray hairs, you know, from and wrinkles. So I'm, I'm glad to, to remain youthful and not have to worry about it this time around. Yeah. The only thing I'm worried about is pre-orders. That's my only, that's my only concern That would right be now. stressful, too. Yeah, yeah. that would be stressful, but probably not as stressful as launching it. <laughs> <laughs> one of our friends is very good at jumping on these things. He's always like, oh, I've got an extra one of these, or I've got, I, yeah. I landed a pre-order. You, you know, want honestly, it? if we have one, just even just one between sure. us at the start, that's all we need. Right, so. and I'll hold on to it for us, and, and uh, I'll, it'll be great. Oh, I'll keep it in my house. <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> Um, anyways, yes. How exciting! Yes, it is time for our big celebratory moment, talking about our 100th episode here. And like I said, we have the 10 moments that brought us to 100 episodes. Yes. And we each have our own lists. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to go in chronological order. Yeah. Do you have actual dates? Because I don't know if I have actual dates. I do have as, as close as I can remember okay. it. Sometimes it's mm -hmm. a year, sometimes it's a month. Yeah, uh, yeah. Never more specific than that, but it's fine. Okay. Yeah. And again, what? I really, as I was making this list, I was, I was like, sort of getting like chills. Like, oh, if one of these things didn't happen right, yeah, it's over. Right. This would never have happened. Right. Right. Crazy, right? So maybe we'll kind of alternate, like your one, my one. You okay. want to do it that way? Yeah. 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 Okay. Great. Well, why don't you go first? Okay. Well, my first one is obviously us meeting for the first time, oh. and. You know, I, I think we talk about this sometimes, but like, I actually interviewed you yes, for your job you at Nintendo. You could have shot me down right there. I could there. have shot yeah. you down. You weren't wearing a tie. I could have stinks. taken points off right there. Um, I was very, I was a lowly assistant at the time on the PR team, which uh -huh. you were applying for a job for. Right. Um, you had already worked previously with our mutual bosses at, Correct. Time at a different company. At Konami. At Konami. Yes. So you kind of already had like a bit of a in, um, which was great. And the person before you was actually like kind of terrible and didn't do the best job and didn't get along at all with like our boss. I ended up hearing a lot about this yeah, person. Yeah, <laughs> this person was like definitely a little bit. He was nice to me. Like, hmm. He was really nice to me and like it was fun and funny. It but was funny. It was funny, but also I could see that it was very toxic between <laughs> that person and 
you know, our, our mutual yes, boss. And yes. eventually that, you know, the, right. the, this person got fired. <laughs> uh-huh. and, and you applied for the job. Yes. And I, I believe that I was the first person you pretty much met. Yeah, you greeted me right I, at the door. Yeah, uh, I was your the first door. interview. Right, correct. And I remember um, talking to you, and it was like a very easy conversation. Our boss also notoriously is very, like, has a unique personality, I would say. And a lot of people, you have to be a certain type of person to, like, get along with him. Mm-hmm. So I remember asking you very specifically, like, are you ready to work with this person again? Because it is, like... You know, yeah. it can be challenging right, at times. Right. Like, he, he was fine, but it, it can be challenging at times. And you were like, you gave me, like, a very, I thought, like, honest answer. I wasn't trying to, get like, get you with that question. I, I wasn't, like, trying to bait you into, like... I think you were. ...talking crap about our boss, <laughs> you know? But I, I, I was genuinely curious yeah. because this other person has such a hard time. Right. And eventually got fired for uh-huh. it. So it's like, are you going to be cool? Like, are you going to be okay? And I remember you gave me a really good answer that I was like, oh, okay. That was, that was a good answer. I don't remember what I said. Something about like it's worth it because oh, yeah. like Nintendo is like my dream dream job. Or right, right, like right. That. Yeah, uh, I'll do my one and two because that takes us to that point. Number one is me me getting into the industry. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. a long time ago. This yeah. was this was September two thousand three. This is a long time right, ago right, at this right. point. Yeah, yeah, that's um, old, so. my my job was at the company is now called Triple Point Communications. Yeah. They had a different name then. Um, yeah, I spent really that whole summer after I finished college um, applying hard to try and get into the industry. I started marketing in college, so to just try and break in any which way I could. Right, right. And it was tough going for a long time where it was like I would not get any responses. I wouldn't get anything. Right. And I was starting to get a little bit discouraged, and I, I, I was being pretty open to the jobs that, that I would consider and, mm-hmm. and be open to taking. And I finally got a call back from this place. I remember I was still living at my parents' thing because I didn't have a job. And I was doing the interview, the first interview with the person over there who I'm still very friendly with. And my mom like walks in like, like, get her, how's it going? I'm like, get her. Oh, it's so (laughs) cute. This is not done yet. Get out of here. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) So cute. Please. Your mom is the best. I think, I think your mom was responsible for you getting the job. The person on the line probably like, oh, cute. He's a little yeah, living at home. <sighs> but, I mean, it, it, yeah. it is like, yes, it was long before we met, and it was, um, you know, it had nothing to do ultimately with, with this. But well, it, it did, though. It was like, yes, you, have, you have to get into the industry, and, and so many people, yeah. you know, have a hard time doing that. So, yeah. like, that was, as they say, half the battle. Exactly. Right. You got your foot in the door. Right, and then yeah. my second one is what you had January two thousand nine starting starting at starting at yeah. Nintendo. Yeah, right. Yeah, you didn't have yourself starting at Nintendo. Yeah, I mean it was it was two years before. You that. must have nine other amazing things on your list. Was when I started at Nintendo, yes. so I was there quite a bit longer than than you were actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, um, my number two is so we I you know I interviewed you. You joined the team. Obviously, you got hired. Joined the team, but you were like not my friend yet like we weren't we had we're bitter rivals (laughs) (laughs) i hated you no like we just we weren't like we hadn't become like good friends or anything like that we were just like working on some projects together like again you were like much higher level than i was so our paths were like not very Uh didn't cross too much i would like do your expense report or like order your office supplies like some something very not related to launching games Right. right But then um, we had one thing that we worked on together, which was PAX. 
Mm. And I had basically like volunteered to like demo, de demo games at right. PAX. Like they were always looking for people that could like help demo the mm -hmm. games and it didn't matter like what level you were at Nintendo or yeah. even like what department you were in, yeah. you could always volunteer for this. And it was a really fun way to like go to a trade show and like learn about, you know, different things. And so I would always like raise my hand to volunteer for this. And then, yeah, I went to PAX. I think you were leading PAX for the PR team that year. So I was like do doing some stuff with you. And then like, I think we like went out to dinner or something like that. And then I realized, okay, this person is not lame. Not who I thought you were. You're not, you, I was not who you thought I was. Exactly. Yes. Like, I, at first I was like, he seems very... You and your snap judgments. No! I was like, you seem very, like, um, what's the word? Like, uninterested. Oh, I thought you were going to say uninteresting. <laughs> <laughs> and uninteresting. Both uninterested and uninteresting. <laughs> but you just, you were very like, I think you, you self-proclaimed are like very awkward. Yes. You were very awkward. Correct. And then like, I would try to talk to you and you'd be very awkward. And I'm like, okay. Um, and then like, we went, yeah, we went out. Like basically, like that one one night during right. PAX. And I was like, oh. Was this, is this the Flipnote Studio PAX or is this another one? I think this might have been the Flipnote uh. Studio. Oh, that's right. I volunteered to do that, didn't I? Right. Like Flipnote Studio. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. We've hey, talked about oh, it. Yeah. We've yeah, done that. Know. That was pretty bad. It was like my, I like no voice at the end of that. Rich Amtower. Flipnote Studio. Flipnote Studio. A wonderful. Yeah. I don't know. Nobody cares. Um, but anyways, we like went out like in a non-work. It was like the first time we like did something that was not like in a meeting or yeah. at work. And I right. was like the social, a social, a, social a normal social yes. setting. And then I realized you were not lame. Great. And like you were not. Uninteresting. Great. I never thought you were lame. Really? No. Then why didn't you talk to me? The awkwardness. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> that was not. That was literally for everybody. That was not for you. <laughs> Mine. Number three. May 2013. First episode of Nintendo Minute. We're skipping straight to that. Oh, okay. Obviously, that uh, <clears throat> started our content uh, careers okay. in a way that felt very unassuming. Yes. Didn't know what would happen. That was, uh, you know, not... The goal was not to break off and uh, you know start our own content empire, but uh, that's that's where it all began. That's true. Yeah, I have two more before okay. the Nintendo Minute. Oh wait, yeah, two more. Okay, the Nintendo Minute thing. One was, I think there was a moment after, like I had gotten promoted or something, uh -huh. and I started working on more you know actual game launches, and yes. we started working together more. I realized that like we just worked really well together. Hmm. And I think that's what keeps this thing going. Right, right. Because not only do you have to like sit and do a podcast every week, but there's like lots of actual work stuff right. that you have to do together too. And there's some people that I have a really hard time working with that just like you have to like work really hard to work with them. But I don't think you and I have that relationship. Like we work very easily together yes. somehow. Like we have very complementary skill right. sets, like stuff that I was very bad at, you were very good at, still right. is, vice versa. Mm -hmm. So it just became like, we always have worked well together, I think, even, you know, in the early days. And so I think that just made it easy for us to begin this thing because it's like, well, just be the same thing. Like, it's fine. Yeah, or you hear about people who have 
like a podcast or some sort of creative thing together, and that and that's cool. But then you hear behind the scenes like, oh, they hate each other. Yeah, no. Or you know, they don't they don't talk outside of this thing. Yeah, it's it's being held on by a thread. It's like yeah, it's like the, the, the like the shakiest right, foundation right, ever. Right, right, right. Yeah. So that's definitely that's not, not what us. this is. Yeah. Like this would not have gone yeah. this long um, if that was the case. Right, right, exactly. And we do have like the consulting stuff too that we yeah. work on and that's like basically kind of like the work that we're doing while we're uh -huh. at Nintendo and so now we have a very good easy working relationship. Exactly. Which is nice. Exactly. All right, why don't you go again if you've got one prior to Nintendo Minute. Are we on number 4? Well, I don't know. What just what's your next one? Okay. My next one was when you became my boss and you were not a jerk. Now, when was that? Yeah. What know. year was that? I don't know. So you, you should, you should, I don't have you're the, I have dates on mine. You don't. Um, it's gonna, it would probably be, so you started what year? 2009. I think it was 2011. Oh, that soon? Oh, yeah, I think you're right. I think it was 2011. Yeah, okay, yeah. I think we True. like reorged our team. Right. So before we all used to like report up to the director, which right. is that guy that we were joking around about being yeah. kind of hard to work with. And then... We reorged our team, and then like each of the managers got an assistant right. manager, and I was an assistant manager at the time, and you were a manager, right? Right. I think that's what it was. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's a good. Like, yeah, when I started, I didn't have any like direct reports. People, be, and I think that's good because like you had enough to figure out without yeah, yeah. being responsible for those other people. So yeah, that was a good. You started as an assistant manager. No. Wrong. You didn't. No, I didn't. Started as manager. Yes. I thought you got promoted, and then like, no. oh, you got promoted to senior manager, and that's when that person got mad at you. Got it, okay. <laughs> I was just trying to <laughs> work my way back here. Okay, okay, okay. Who was mad when? There's a lot of people that's, that got that's mad what this all list the time. Is, that's basically what this who list is. Who was mad and who was who uninteresting? Was mad when? <laughs> what year were they uninteresting? Um, okay, so anyhow, we reorged. And, and so when you became my boss, we were already really good friends. Right. And we had already started doing Nintendo Minute, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and so we, we Well, had... no, t if it's 2011, then it okay, was not. Then, your your timelines, your story does not add up here. Okay, Let's hope no. you never have to talk to the police about something. <laughs> Why would I have Like to talk Ace to Attorney you? style. Oh, I would never Can't keep your story I straight. Keep it straight. I don't have dates. Okay, so it was before Nintendo Minute, but we were already good friends, right. I think. Yeah, we right. were already good friends, and you became my boss, and then that could have been like a moment where if you became like a bad boss, that it would have been over. I would have yeah. cut you out of my life. True. Cut you out. True. Like a cancer, but you weren't. Whoa. But you weren't. That's you were harsh. Saying cut you. Yeah, I mean that was that was. Um, that could have been bad. That could have been bad for us. I was I was excited at the opportunity of that, but also a little worried because it's like, well, I do now have like more professional responsibility yeah. for this person, but. I do want to help them right. grow and and you know not be a bad boss. Right. Nobody wants to be. Nobody sets out to be the bad boss, but Don't it they, though. but it happens it sometimes. It happens sometimes. And Nintendo so, is like weird sometimes because they they make it easy for you to be a bad boss. I think. Oh. And when I became someone's boss, I also you became the bad boss. No, I oh. was a good boss, but I I could see how it would be easy to be a bad boss. Oh, tell me more about that. Like they make it easy for you to like not fight for the people under you oh, sometimes. Oh, sure, sure. Like, you know, and it is a very hard job right. to fight for people to get it's a lot of It's a lot of work to it's do It's a lot that. of work yeah. for, for you to help a person right. actually grow their career. And if you didn't want to do it and you're like, not for me, like, I'm not going to bother myself with this, mm -hmm. you can very easily continue to be someone's boss right. and not do any of that stuff. True, that's true. And some people had bosses like that 
And it was really hard for them. Yeah. Really, really hard. I, I was very lucky because I had you as a boss and you did not do that. Um, and yeah, and like some, sometimes we would have reorgs and people would move under different bosses and they'd be like, oh, thank God. I have a new boss now and they can help me. Right. You know, because you need that advocate for you and like not everybody wants to do it. Anyways, um, so yeah, that could have been bad. And I remember this meet this HR meeting so clearly in my head. Cause remember like when you became my boss, they like made us talk to HR together. Yeah, they would do that for that new people. That was weird. I think it maybe it, the execution was, it was a little so weird. clunky, but I think the idea was good of like, let's just get on the same page. Like, what are your expectations? I guess. As like both sides so of this relationship. Like, I, I think that's a good idea. And then there was like that thing was like, Kit is responsible for Krista. Remember? It's true. It was like really scary. I was like, well, I better not mess up. <laughs> like, Kit's responsible for me. Oh, no. It's true. <laughs> Krista robbed a bank. Kit is responsible. <laughs> But yeah, it was, it was kind of like a fine line to walk because yeah. I'm sure a lot of people were looking at that closely of they're like, well, is this going to be like a favoritism situation? Yeah, like we were what, really careful about that too. Right, right. Like, like the really, whole way. Really and especially like, as I started to get more people under me too. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. I always felt like, like... I can't have those people thinking like, oh, well, I'm just giving every opportunity to Krista because we're friends. Like, right. And, and hopefully I... I don't I'm, think you did. I, I feel I like I did a good job of, of yeah. not having that be the case. Uh, but it, it was definitely uh, a consideration. Yeah, totally. And like producer Stephanie was my very good friend. And right. I became her boss. So I had like a similar situation where right. I didn't want other people to think like, like my other direct reports to think like, oh, you're just favorite, you know, playing favorites or whatever. Right. So it is, it is really tough to, right. to kind of walk that line. But anyways, that could have really gone south if you were a bad boss. So where are we now? What, I'm when, on when, five. Is, when is your next one? And this is my Nintendo Minute one. Oh, do that then. Okay, so this one is, I think, like, we started Nintendo Minute, but Nintendo Minute became, like, quote, a thing um, because of that Switch unboxing video. Oh, you're skipping ahead now. Yeah, I have that. Oh, yeah, you don't see that one. Yes, I have that, too. Oh, okay, you do? Yeah, I have yeah, that, Yeah, that is the one, right. that's the one moment that I can pinpoint where I felt like this became a thing. I agree. And also, like, the company, like, Nintendo, I think also realize like, oh, this is a thing. Um, and then I, I really saw this less like of a, it's kind of like a side fun thing that I was doing and more of like a work thing. Yeah. And more of like a thing that I should, I always wanted to like just, you know, put more of my own energy and like also ask the company to provide us more, with more resources. And, and, they, and they did. Yeah. After that video, like it went to like, you know, easily went to a million. Um, they gave us like a production crew basically to to do the rest of it. Right. To, to continue Nintendo Minute. Versus right. it being like poor producer Stephanie who had no experience just like cobbling stuff together. Yeah. They gave yeah. us like literally a, a, a staff, which was amazing. Yeah, I mean it was it was very much like a Wii U to switch transition that we experienced too, where right. it was like, yeah, this was you know, we had a good product, but I think the audience was limited by the fact that there was just not much interest in Nintendo at that time. So, you know, we got exposed to so many more people that way. We, we really built um, a lot of the audience that we, we still have now, thankfully, mm -hmm. from, from that moment. So, yeah, yeah, I would say that, that if I had to pinpoint like a single yeah. video that, that kind of catapulted us ahead, it would be that one. We were dressed like... Terribly in that video, we had to wear those white switch hoodies. Oh, the the. And you said that we look like soccer hoodlums. Yeah, we did. Yeah. <laughs> and like, the, like I, neoprene we ja like white jackets. We were in like like a full. Whose body idea was that? I don't 
don't know. They made those bad jackets for something. But it was like made it's, out of like plastic. It's basically. what they were all wearing at the like switch tour when it was Something touring. about wearing white yeah. in that fabric was very unflattering. It like it showed all of your yeah. like unflattering bits. It, did, it didn't bits. fit well. Yeah. And, it was just kind and of there's weird. like a photo, the thumbnail photo is us like holding right, it up and right. we're, we literally look like soccer hoods. <laughs> right. We just needed like a headband. Oi. We needed like a, a terrible headband and we would have been like part of the Manchester United <laughs> team or something. Um, so that was fun. Okay. Uh, I have one now. I, this this is just a vague period of time that I'm saying is from 2014 to 2020. Oh, this wow. Is, That's like, a six years? This is a thing that repeated a few times, and it is Krista considers leaving Nintendo. Oh, that's my next one. Oh. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> okay, my next one is, is a few dicey times when oh, wow. we were about. Yes, I, d I did have a period of time where I was struggling. In this case, six years. <laughs> six years of struggle. It would like ebb and flow, my struggle. You also had a moment within that six years where you were struggling too. Yes, and I it, we, that we will block. talk about these in greater detail. Yeah, in I was going to, I said episode, exactly but, that. We will talk about but, this but more yes. in another time. But you had, I think, Three instances, perhaps, where you almost uh, hit the road. Yeah, you had less than me, but you definitely had some moments. I think I had I had one big one. I you think. had one big one yeah. where I was like, uh oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I definitely had a few, and it was always like one of those things where you like. Obviously, we would talk to each other about it because we trusted each other. It wasn't like I would talk to you about about this, and you would like penalize me later, like, oh, you're. One foot out the door, I'm gonna like, right. not promote you or something like right. that, you know, right. whatever. But yeah, I, I always felt like every time it was like just on the brink and you'd be like, snatch me back. <laughs> but if that happened. I know, that's why it has to be on been... that's why it has to be on the list, because yeah, that could have been the end of all that. But then it also I think it was also like it made you think about things beyond Nintendo in maybe ways. Yeah, I mean, exactly. obviously, obviously you were thinking about it more than I was if you were yeah. actually going to leave. Right. Um, but it, it, it forced me to think about those things too. Right. Exactly. It makes you think about what it is you actually wanted and like what was important to you and like wh why you were here in the first place. And there's many reasons to, you know, stay all, always when I was, when I was having those thoughts. But right. There's also a lot of reasons to consider doing something else, mm -hmm. you know? But yeah, that kind of gives gives you, like, your brain, like, an alternate path that yeah. sometimes you don't think about. And I'm glad that we were able to think about it over the course of those years because eventually we had to really think about it and it, yeah. actually do it. So, <laughs> wow, that's so funny. Yeah. Okay, now we're on seven. I have, mine, I have another 2017. Do you have one sooner than that? I have one later than that. Okay. So you go first. I have December 2017, the first oh. Nintendo Power podcast, which which is not something you were involved in oh, from the start. Yeah. But at that point, I obviously loved podcasts, was a fan of podcasts. Yeah. I was not involved in making a podcast right. until that point. Right. So with that, it was like I had an idea about, about a podcast. Some other people on the team had other ideas about a podcast. We all kind of came together. Right and created the Nintendo Power podcast. Mm -hmm. And that was just a fascinating learning experience, again, to go from just an admirer of the format to like, no, now we're actually doing it. How, right. do, you, how do you do it? How do you get it out there? How do you promote it? Um, you know, how do you, you know, put together something that's repeatable? 
Um, and, and, you know, in my case, I, w I was not on it, but I was kind of the lead person who was involved in... Like the strategy of... The strategy the and, like, putting, putting together ideas yeah. um, month to month. We had Chris, who was our great host, and, and oh, he was actually, nice. you know, doing every episode. But again, I think we would have been in a much worse position if we had said, oh, let's let's start this podcast, if we'd never done that. You eventually came over to work on this later on as well. I did, yeah. And I, I really just, it, podcast was just a blind spot for me in terms of yeah. like how to how to make and promote right. a podcast. It was like a huge blind spot. Like I was so comfortable with video, so comfortable like, you know, with like social content, right. short form video, long form video. I was mm -hmm. like, I was good there. Yeah. Um, and I love podcasts too. Like I listened, I always like consumed podcast but never went on the other side and I was so excited when like that idea that you had got sold in and you know we we had finally like this official Nintendo yeah. podcast because I think all of us that were excited about the podcast knew the possibilities of that format and how popular yeah. it was and how like easy Nintendo content could fit into that format but yeah I didn't know anything about and I, I honestly like the audio side of podcasts. I'm still a little fuzzy. Ah. I'm glad you're <laughs> really glad you're here. You do all of the audio stuff for our like I'm a cast. I don't know like whatever like what is what is that like? I never even look at the back end for our audio Great. versions like ever. Great. Um, I'm a video. <laughs> I'm a video person. Um, but yeah, like that was such an interesting time, and it was one of the few times in that sort of sort of six year ish period where we were trying like new creative formats, yeah. content formats right. at Nintendo, and it was really cool to learn like how to do this, you know? Yeah, so I mean that was, you know, again for us, like it was not as front and center as Nintendo Minute as far as our yeah, role, yeah. but it, it was super important and super valuable in, in getting us to this mm -hmm. point. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think I had to get over, like I was a guest on the podcast for, for one of like the early-ish episodes, and I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Oh. Like I don't know if I can talk for that long, it seems hard. <laughs> And now look at us, two hours in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mine is, 20, mine is 2020. 2020, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Which is the pandemic. Yes. So the pandemic happens, uh -huh. and we basically had to stop filming Nintendo Minute episodes. We stopped going to the office, obviously. Right. We were all, like, trapped yeah. at home. And I think that was pretty dicey, too, because, like, this, this big thing, you know, Nintendo Minute was something that you and I were... Like it was like, like the sort of like part of the gel that held this relationship together, uh -huh. and that was gone. We didn't like see each other every day, and that right. was gone. You know, we were working such different ways. We were like trapped, you know, at home. And I think there could have been a scenario where, like, we just kind of gave up on all of that stuff. You know, like oh. what if we were like, oh well, I guess this is the end for Nintendo Minute, or like, oh well, I guess this is the end. Oh, I never, for I never thought that. I mean, I never thought that. But <laughs> Why are you saying that it? Could have been, that could have been what happened. Okay. Like, what, what if, like, Nintendo was like, well, I guess you're not able to do this anymore, so, like, we're calling it a day on this. Stop doing work? No, I don't think they were. <laughs> that was not their <laughs> well, mindset. Well, do the, important, the, the thing that they think is important <laughs> and not the other stuff. Um, but I think it actually went the opposite way. Like, we, I think throughout the pandemic, we were like, okay, this is, like, really, this creative outlet is so important to us. Right. Like, Having that connection to the community is like more important than ever as we like were sad and alone during the pandemic. And like even like our friendship, we were like made of great efforts. We had like like cocktail hour. Yeah. <laughs> Remember? Like mm -hmm. we would just like call like like FaceTime and stuff. Like we had to do 
a lot of work to right. like keep it all going okay. kind of thing. Yeah, I didn't have that on my list. I th yeah, that's interesting. I because that could have been like in that 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 was a critical year. Like it because in twenty twenty one is when we decided to leave. Right. So like if that year did not go well and we were basically like okay. drifted apart or sure. something and we stopped doing stuff like. I think I've just moved on with my life okay. in another direction, right? Okay. Yeah. Again, not, to not go too far backwards, the, the pandemic was right on the cusp of you having another I'm leaving episode, which this one I, d I don't think I could have unwound, uh, but that maybe uh, bought some time. That's <laughs> for, true. For that all to happen. It was like the end of 2019. I remember right? we, were, we were like at that PAX, the PAX that should never have happened. And you were like, oh, I'm having yeah. these really big problems and oh, yeah. uh, all that stuff. So, okay, we will tell yeah. us in the future. That was in, like, February. That was, yes, the end of uh, February. Right. Again, and the, the packs that should have never happened yeah, in 2020. Maybe gotten. Right. That was bad. Anyways, but, yeah. And then, and then March was when we had the shut, like, sh everything right. shut down. Right, shortly after. And then I was Correct. like, well, that problem solved itself. <laughs> 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 yeah, but no, no one could do anything. Like, if you, if you wanted a job, you couldn't leave. I mean, there were, there were, could, there were a lot of people who no made the doubt. plunge. And, like, that, that's not something I would have done. Like, in, no, that's kind of scary. In the, for, in the beginning of a pandemic where it's like, well, how does, how do, what is the how working situation? Yeah, that, how, how do you do this? Some people like, did I just, do that. I couldn't do it. It was too yeah. hard. It was too yeah, scary. Yeah, I had, I had one of my top people leave, like, pretty early on. And that was tough because it's like, oh, geez, like we're barely got this figured out of how we're oh, going yeah. day to day. And I forgot like, about that. Yeah, so that was not great. That was a surprise. Yes. I really didn't see that one coming. It was. Yeah, yes. yeah, that was a surprise. Right. Anyhow, <clears throat> uh, my next one is September 21, announcement of the Redwood City office closing. That That's my next one, too. Right. Yeah. Obviously well documented in our first episode. Right. Go back and listen to that if you right. haven't. Right, 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 right. But... One to a hundred. There you go. Yeah. So we after that we had what four, three, three-ish, four-ish months. Mm -hmm. And again, at that point, like very quickly, we knew like yeah, this is that it. was a thing. This is it. Yeah. And but it was a very that was like the longest four months of of, of I don't know about you of, of my life because I like rolled my eyes so hard when you said that because I was I was just thinking back to like the the just the jerking around during those four months. Right. It's like oh my god. There's all of that, but, the, but again, there were like, you know, a lot of people who were like looking to us for guidance and yeah. just wanted people to talk to, people who could give to talk. perspective and like... Everybody wanted to talk. Work through their own situations. Yeah. And, I I, and again, I, I was glad to do it and I and I felt, you know, I, I need to do this for these people, but yeah. it definitely would weigh on you a at, at a certain point mm -hmm. um, of, you know, gosh, like literally everybody in this office is going through... This thing, which, which sucks, yeah, and and yeah, the company did make some some missteps with that too. Yeah, I think for me, like in that moment of turmoil in those four months after the announcement, I was pretty relieved that you and I, without even much discussion, or like, we just came to the same conclusion. Yeah, about leaving together and doing our, like, starting our own thing, right. doing our own thing. Like we basically like. Like, you might think that months and months we were having, like, deep strategic discussions about how to do this. We literally, I don't, I think we, like, looked at each other and were like, yeah, we, we're doing right, this, right? Right, right, Yeah, it, it took, like, 10 minutes, maybe. Yeah. And then we were just, like, doing it. Um, so that was very, I think, encouraging when you, like, have that thought and then the, the person you want to... Yeah, do, I didn't have to this. sell you No on one had to idea. sell each other. Right. Like, everyone just was on the same page. Yeah. Which was great. Right. So, so yeah, we, we pretty... 
pretty easily came to our decision and then, then we were just around right. for people that wanted to talk right. about, you know, what they wanted yeah. to do. And everyone had sort of different, you know, different motivations and stuff. Uh -huh. And so it was interesting to hear what people were thinking. Yeah. And, and obviously it all worked out. Everyone is fine. So right. Yeah, so it was, it, was, it was okay at the end, but it was tough in those four months. I think your next one is maybe one that I forgot to add, so I'm curious what it is. Mine is the, uh, announcing the end of Nintendo Minute. Oh, okay, I didn't have that on my list, actually. The, the reason why I have this on my list is because, so now I do have my timeline correct. So in October, September, when they announced the office closure, yes. right? Yes. Then we decided like 10 minutes later that we were going to leave right. and start our own content. Mm -hmm. And then we started planning like how do we end Nintendo right. Minute. Right. And we decided to end it in December of that year. And so we had already been planning like before we ended Nintendo Minute that we're gonna start this other thing independent. Um, but I was still pretty scared. Like I, I, I was gonna do it, obviously. I was excited about doing it, but I was still like pretty <clears throat> nervous about like losing the safety net of like a uh, corporate job. And, yeah. Like starting out fresh is always, you know, it's intimidating. We were like talking to Reggie during that time and he was encouraging right. us and all that stuff. That's what I thought maybe your thing would oh, have been, talking well, to Reggie. Reggie is yes. always. Um, and then we we ended Nintendo Minute. We, we put out that last episode. And like the crazy oh, yes. amount the outpouring. of yes. support from the community was like, Oh my gosh, like I always knew that you guys were there. But, like <laughs> <laughs> just to see it like all at once like that yeah. was like ridiculous, like crazy. So then I was like very like boistered from it. Like I was like I was like, okay, now I'm excited to do this. Because they're the, these people are there. Right. Like we want to continue to like be a part of this community, yes. like foster this community. Right. And like obviously yeah. they are out there. Yeah. So then I was like, yay! I was like really happy. And then I like happy cried for like four, four weeks <laughs> after that. Um, but then yeah, just seeing that the incredible, you know, responses from our community and now having our community here um, with us for 100 episodes yeah. is like really cool. Yeah. So. Do you have any other Nintendo, while we're at Nintendo, things on your list? No. No. Well, I only have one more thing left. So. Oh, I have the first podcast episode. Well, it's yeah. February 22, 2022. Yeah. Obviously, that was at your mom's house. That was like the first era of all this. I remember yeah. moving in there, getting to know your mom. I, I <laughs> you got make, a bottle of wine. Got to make a good first impression <laughs> with mom. Mom I loved it. I remember like the... like. We would like record and it was like, I've made lunch, come join us and yeah. eat lunch. I was like, oh, this is cool. This, this is, is a, nice. this is a yeah. different different kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, that was obviously the beginning. And that, that was the first video that we made. Um, it wasn't the first video we made for the channel. No. I'm wrong, no. We did announcements. We did, we did a few other things leading up to that. Yeah. But, but yeah. That was like a first official. That first official announcement was pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah. And that, and that, that first podcast did great. Yeah. Um, definitely... Did its job, it of, its job of you know yeah. making people known like what this was going to be because it yes. was going to be very different mm -hmm. and getting people comfortable with the format and hopefully liking the format. Yeah. Um, so that was I'd, I'd say that was a successful launch of the podcast. Yeah, totally. Or are you so silent? Uh, I don't. I don't know if I should go or if you should go. I'll number keep going. Number ten is my last. One. Are you on I have. 10? I have. Uh, I have September twenty twenty two. Do you have that? No. No. My, my last one is kind of like a nothing, but whatever. Oh. I have the, um, the, so this is the Reggie episode that we did with him at PAX. Yeah. And I had that one there because, so I said that, you know, the first episode did really well. We did go through kind of a rough period 
in between the launch up to the Reggie episode. Like, where there were times in that summer where, like, things were not, like, some episodes were not going that well. Yeah, that's Not true. doing that well. I was like, mm, is this going to be, is this going to fizzle out? Like, are people, like, going to lose interest? Like, what, what exactly is happening? We were trying to, like, find our identity a little bit, too. Right. Like, what types of content is the audience most interested in? Like, right. we were still kind of feeling that out. Right. And Reggie was our first guest, yeah, and that was obviously that us. was like a great boost. And I think that that boost has just like continued into now, where the podcast is very strong. Yeah, and we do have we, we have this you know established format, and and you know, people seem to like it. Yeah. So I think that was just like getting us out of the, you know, at Am times ambiguity. At, at times scary early early months where we, we just couldn't we just didn't have a, a a clean read on what was happening. Yeah, it's true because we were just trying to like figure it out still. Right. Yeah. Then we like kind of understood like what to focus on. Right. Um, and, and that made it a little bit easier uh -huh. to predict. Okay. Stop looking at well, my Well, I'm going to go with mine. My last one is uh, December 2022 when Nintendo Minute was removed from the Nintendo oh, YouTube channel. And yeah, I think we were yeah. I think we were all maybe surprised that we were not very like, we, we did not feel down about this very much. Yeah. And I think that, and I think that signified that we had fully moved on, yeah. and that we were, and that we were not about the nostalgia of that. We were about the new thing and about the future, and I think that was very encouraging and, and you know, reinforced all, you know, all of the great decisions. Again, I felt more bad for all of the people who wanted to watch those, yeah. who could no longer do right, so. Right. Yeah. Um, that's that's a bummer. That that continues to be a bummer. But it was just like. A reinforcement again that like yes we have properly moved on and mm -hmm. we are in our new era and it's about that yeah yeah much like nintendo <laughs> right <laughs> likes to move on from nostalgic things to the new thing we like have fully yes. moved on. We learned... where's the nintendo minute wing gonna be at the nintendo museum <laughs> oh i'm like a statue <laughs> like a wax statue of me that's great that would be cool on a couch that's a wax wax a bronze it's oh, not wrong. Madame Tussauds and oh, some tourist trap. No, you have like animatronics. Oh, no. Nintendo Minute is never a like you have like an <laughs> animatronic uh, of you. That's cute. They have the couch. Put the couch behind glass. Oh, we have the couch. Yeah, <laughs> we, we don't have, have the couch. We have the couch. <laughs> Somebody else has the couch. Um, my last one is just like we learned some really good lessons from Nintendo. Oh, and from doing Nintendo Minute for so many years. And that is, that is, the lessons are like consistency. Yes. And just like, you have to just keep doing it. Right. You know, you cannot skip weeks. You cannot right. make excuses to not do it. Mm -hmm. you literally, this, there's only, like, there's no shortcut to yeah. this kind of stuff. You just have to be consistent. Like, and also, like, it's work. Every mm -hmm. day is work. Like, your relationship with somebody else is work. You, you know, you have to, like, actually try to you know, work together mm -hmm. and actually try to make this stuff. It just doesn't like appear out of thin air. Yeah. Um, and I think that important lesson is what we carried with us into this. And that's how we made it to 100 episodes. Exactly. It's like every single week, you do the work. You show up and you do it. Yeah. So there you have it. Yes. That's your 10th one? Yes. Wonderful. Wow. We, of course, asked... Our good folks at Patreon, what they thought about their favorite moments from the podcast over the uh, 100 episodes. Medallion says, my favorite moment is still Kit confronting his hate for Sonic the Hedgehog oh, and yes. sharing the story with the public through Sega Katie's appearance. That was a good one. I love that. It's classic. Classic. 
Glenn Lumanta says the story about Koji Kondo writing out the imagined dragon's cords on a napkin will always stick with me. Also made me laugh for a moment. Kit, Koji paused in front of the piano and Kit was thinking, does this man actually not know how to play music? <laughs> Such an interesting moment that you guys got to witness. That was from our Jeff Keeley episode, which a little bit of podcast trivia is our best performing episode ever. Um, over half a million views. Oh, it's well beyond that. Yes. Yeah, it's yes. doing great. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> uh, Renata Rex says, I loved all the funny moments and jokes that came from those podcasts. There are a number of moments that made me laugh so hard. A few of these moments are when Kit expresses his feelings about Sonic and the many Kongs. Oh, you don't like the Kongs. Checking in with Reggie to see if Link is still hot. I'll check in every year. Chris's relationship with her rabid husband. Ew. When Kit <laughs> walked out of the office tournament <laughs> and the bickering between you oh. two, there are so many... More funny moments like these that came from the podcast. Great job on reaching 100. Thank you. <laughs> and then finally, switching it up underscore says, congrats on 100 episodes, you two. My favorite moment was when you had all the ex-Nintendo mm. friends sit around and share their stories and how comfortable you all were together. I love learning little tidbits like working in a kitchen to upload video trailers to YouTube in the early days of social media whilst at E3. It was a fun episode and really encapsulated the spirit of your podcast. Here's to a hundred more. Yes, we'll have more Nintendo, ex-Nintendo friends on soon. And yeah, I did not know until right now that kitchen was actually a kitchen. <laughs> the kitchen. <laughs> I didn't know. It's awesome. Well, that was a wonder. That was a wonderful little celebration Yay! of these hundred episodes. And again, this is this is not the end. I don't think I can come up with a hundred reasons when we hit a million episodes. Wait, what, what? is the ratio? So ten reasons for. It'll 100? still be ten. So is it a hundred reasons for? A no, it won't be a hundred reasons. Oh, thank goodness. It won't be. I don't think when I'm like. It's 90, not a ratio. It's not a like, math. This is not math. When I'm like ninety-eight, a I don't podcast is not a math equation. I probably you, don't remember hundred. You things. weirdo. <laughs> What the heck? <laughs> All right, well, you do something on your calculator. I'm going to say this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Thank you. Thank you. When we think about the things that we want to accomplish or change about ourselves for the new year, yes. it's good to also think about the things that we are already doing right. Exactly. But sometimes it is hard for us to separate those two things. Mm -hmm. And this is where a better help therapist can help you understand all of this. Yeah, I think it's easy, especially with this like new year, new you mentality or whatever, right. for you to kind of get out of the mindset of like, I need to change everything about me and everything that I'm doing now is wrong. Everything was bad and everything wrong. Everything was bad, yeah. Right. The, to have these negative thoughts, we have them too. Um, can be unhealthy. So it's good to have somebody like a better help therapist kind of talk you through, you know, what your goals might be for 2024. They can help you um, come up with goals in a more positive way, maybe to really um, give you just a bit more of a positive outlook on the new year. Exactly. And it's so flexible to use BetterHelp. You take a short uh, questionnaire and get matched up with a therapist. And then from there, you can meet with them on video. You can meet with them on audio, even on text only. Mm -hmm. uh, we've both done it and found it extremely convenient and also very helpful. Yes, very much so. So celebrate the progress you have already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Kit and Krista today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Dot com slash Kit and Krista. We'll put the link right over here and also in the description below. All right, games we're playing, which again does not include Prince of Persia. Please look for our separate video yes. on that very soon. 
You've started another Ubisoft game, though. Yeah. <laughs> you started it like a day before we got these codes. So I didn't I know we were going to So I want to hear how this is going. Early. But I've been playing both. I've been Assassin's Creed Mirage. Yeah, I've been getting the Ubi stuff like all the way. You have. It's great. I love it. Um, I have sat on Assassin's Creed Mirage. Um, I did not get to it last year because it was very, very busy for us towards that end of the year stretch. But Assassin's Creed is one of my favorite series of all time. I was really interested in this game. You know, they they talked a lot about sort of this is the return to basics. Yes. Assassin's Creed. It you know it's um, sort of like quote, like the old school version of it, whatever that means to you. Um, so I, I, I did want to check it out. So I started it. Also, it's on like deep discount now. It's like $30. Was probably. I think all those holiday sales are over. I bought it recently for that price. Okay. So, I mean, if y'all want to check it out, it's okay. not super expensive. What was the start? The starting price for this was $50? I like it was so. It was not like a max price no. game yeah. from the beginning. Right. But right. It's $30 when I got yeah, it. Yeah, that's, so that's, that's, that's a great price. Good for, yes. for this game. Um, but yes, you play as Basim. The 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 uh, location is Baghdad. Um, what year is it? Roughly. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I can tell you. <laughs> but it twelve hundreds. Well, is it is it different from so Basim was in Valhalla. Is is yes. he just going to another place in the same time frame? No. Or is there this is, somehow this is Basim's origin story? Somehow time travel involved. No. So slightly before the I events think before of Valhalla. Before Valhalla. Got it. So that okay. was what, like twelve You talk and I'll look at okay. it. Okay. Anyways, so you basically learn his origin story of how he becomes part of the, you know, the hidden ones or whatever. Uh-huh. And 861. That was off by 400 years, wow. sorry. Um, thank you. And yeah, I mean, the location is very interesting to me. I am ashamed to admit that my uh, historical knowledge of, of this area is very limited. Yeah. So I'm really loving getting to know, um, like getting a, a look around Baghdad, yeah. looking at all the historical sites. It definitely has a lot of that still integrated in the yeah. game. Like you can go and like check out the history. You can learn different stories, like different mythologies from um, from this location, which is really cool. Like I, yeah, it's like all new to me. So it's been great to kind of like explore around. And that's one of my favorite parts about playing Assassin's Creed is like learning all the historical stuff and learning like all the lore and stuff like that. So that's been really fun. Um, I do kind of like this idea of it being a bit of an origin story for him. Like he really, you really start out like not being a assassin at all. Like the beginning of the game is you're just like a normal person. Um, And then these events happen that lead you to join the hidden ones. And now you're like, now I'm fully like in the sort of the more, I guess, quote, traditional Assassin's Creed like gameplay loop, which is you have all of these enemies that you need to uncover and take down you got to gather the clues to figure out who they are and how they're related like they do that thing where they once you do like a certain part it reveals the clue that leads you closer to the identity of that person that you need to assassinate yeah so you kind of have this like unfolding mystery um and yeah the story is really interesting it had some big like shocker moments right at the beginning where you're like oh my gosh and i think it's setting up for something pretty good like I kind of get a feeling that like some of the characters are going to have interesting <laughs> relationships to you um, in the future and 
and yeah, and, and they, they do all the things that Assassin's Creed games do well that you like, that I like. You know, you, you still want to climb. Lots of things for you to climb to get like, when you get like a synchronized, like an eagle point, it does like the flyby, the drone shot, you know, and you're like, wow. And yeah, you, you like have all the outfits. I like the outfits. Mm. I'm always like dying, the, his, you know, customizing the outfits and stuff. Um, and all of the missions feel really good so far. Like, I know you were a little bit worried because you said, like, some of the stealth missions can be, like, a little bit annoying. Like, yeah. you didn't like the ones where you had to, like, follow them closely but not too closely. Yeah, there were some Yeah, there was, things. like, some... The stealth was a little unforgiving in the original games. Right. And there were some mission types. When, when, I, when I hear them say, like, oh, we're going back to that, my mind immediately goes to that. I'm yeah. like, I really don't want to do that. There's one type of mission that I really dislike that I haven't encountered yet, but I hope I never encounter From the again. old games? Yeah. Oh, what is that? Which is, you have to follow them and listen to their conversation. That's exactly what I'm, I'm talking I about. I hate that That's one. the one, yeah. And, like, if you get too close, you, like, desync. Right. It's like, like you've been detected, but then you can they can quickly go too far. Yeah, so you're you get, like crouched and like like skulking around. Yeah. I, I so you have not done one of those. No. Okay. And the stealth seems to be very like so far pretty forgiving. Right. Like I was doing this area that was like, you know, like a um, enemy territory and I had to like yeah. free these prisoners. Right. And control the towers. I love controlling the towers. Are there towers? They're definitely towers. <laughs> um, but I had to like free these prisoners, but you could like kind of like just like crouch and walk up to right. a guy and like, like, you know, pretty, it was pretty forgiving. Now what if you, what if you get into like a face-to-face -face fight? Face-to-face -face fight. That? The combat is actually kind of hard. Um, and again, I was like, is this me? Why is this game so hard? Like I had to turn it down to easy because I was playing on normal and then well, I was like, it was like really hard. I mean, the, the last games got very action-y, where it was just like, just plow through guys. The, like, the stealth, no. the stealth was yeah. a little minimized. So if it is a true back to basics, then they probably want to de-incentivize you from just walking up to a guy and saying, let's get into a sword fight. Yeah, I definitely like, I always choose stealth in these games because I'm kind of bad at the head-to-head. Oh. -head. Yeah. Um, and I also play this game because I like stealth games. Yeah. I, I like I like this game for the stealth. Like, the good, the good stealth, not the one that's annoying. Um, but there is some times where you get into a fight with enemies. I, I'm just having a hard time with like the parrying a little bit, like the dodging. Um, mm. So I just keep getting like whacked, yeah. <laughs> which is a little annoying. And I, I keep forgetting like what button to press, like auto lock. And so I think it's a my problem. But um, I started out playing on normal and then I was like, it's kind of hard. So I played it on easy until I learned the controls. Yeah. And I think once I learn the controls a little bit more, I'll probably like turn it back up. But okay. At first, I was having kind of a hard time with the the like the face to face combat, um, but the stealth is is not annoying so far. And yeah, you still do those things where like you can like if you get too notorious, the guards will just come after you. But yeah. You can like rip posters off walls or like uh, bribe yeah. the police yeah, or yeah, whatever yeah. to. Um, like to like decrease that so you can just like walk around the city without having people like chasing you all the time, which that was kind of annoying too. Right, right. Um, but yeah, like I would say it does all of the things that you like about Assassin's Creed games pretty well so far. And I'm, again, I'm really interested in this location. Like I really want to learn more. Yeah. So that's keeping me in, like really interested. And it's beautiful. Like, oh yeah, my gosh, sure. like the, the scenery. Is so beautiful, and like you go into these like mosques and stuff, and like oh my gosh, it's like the tile, the mosaic tile work, like even like the like the nature. You know, they have like all of these beautiful plants and stuff everywhere, and you're like, oh, this is such a beautiful place. And yeah, like, I do want to explore that. 
So I'm really liking it so far. It's good. Now, for people who don't know much about Assassin's Creed, there's kind of the like on paper, like, yes, you were a guy in the past storyline. Oh, yeah, yeah, But yeah. there is also this bigger overarching thing that is really bonkers and crazy. It is so weird. About like ancient aliens. Yeah. And, and they're like in sort of like this like, like this future tech right. called the Animus. So like, how much of that is there? Very little so far, because I don't like that part, to be honest. I, I hate it when you have to play as the real world person. You're like, oh, I don't like that. Just a normal person. I don't like that. But Remember when we had to be Desmond? And I was right. like, I hate Desmond. He sucks. <laughs> I don't want him. I don't like him at all. Um, but yeah, like there's not too, there's, a, there's definitely a little, a little peaky peak of like, just reminding you that yeah. you're, in like a thing, right. like you're not, you're you're like you know right. a, a person in the present or whatever. Yeah. Um, traveling to the past yeah. through this technology, right. it, they, they remind you of that in the beginning, um, but it kind of, you know, sticks to you as a scene pretty. Okay. Pretty much since that first little like thirty second thing. Yeah. But then there is like there's in the story wise they have like, they always give you like some artifact that's like very like, galaxy brain like. Aliens are yeah, coming. I like that part of Last it. Last time it was like the Apple of Eden. Yeah. It's right? Always, and it was it like some crazy <laughs> stuff happens when you touch the thing. And for generations, you know, people have been like seeking this this artifact. Right. They give you another one. Oh, there's a new one? There's a new one. I don't oh. know what it is yet, but something happened. And that, that's what, that that's the, the, the main yeah. artifact. There's like a hidden yeah. ending of Valhalla that is so bonkers, crazy, nutso. Oh my God, I don't know. I, I, I that Basim is, is in, because yeah. again, he's in that game. Because <laughs> they, they, they kind of like, through the series, vacillate of like, how much do we want to talk about this? Yeah, because no one liked it at first. Because I think it's, unless you follow the series, it can, it's, it's, probably, it's, it's probably a turn off of like, what is happening here? I just want to stab guys. Yeah, remember like in the Greek one too, like Minerva shows up right. and you're like right. that one, like it's like really confusing and strange. Right. But as somebody who has played from the beginning, I've, I really kind of like that stuff. Okay, so I'm, so I'm, I'm glad to hear there's some of that. Yeah, I know. They, they, they totally. And then yeah. they, they have some weird stuff going on that's like very alien-ish. You're uh. like, okay, something... There's a higher power. Something's yeah. happening. Um, but yeah, Basim, obviously, in this game, he has no clue what's happening. He gets the artifact, the, the thing, you know, in the very beginning. He's like, what's this? And he's like, "What? why did this happen? So it's like a lot of open questions, yeah. which is good, because you want to set up for him to, like, discover what this is all about. Um, but yeah, they make you do the thing, though, when you cut your finger off. Oh, yeah. They make you press a button to do it. And I had to oh, like, on the controller. I had to close my eyes, and I was like feeling around. <laughs> well, I'm sure you don't see it. I don't know if I saw it because I closed my eyes. I didn't want to look at it. Get the pressure like, on the on the dual sense trigger. It was like trigger. a dual sense, like like it was like an R two, and I was like. <laughs> and then and then yeah, then you, of course you oh, get the you know your you yeah. cut out this finger right, and right. then you had the blade. Yeah. Ooh, grizzly. Um, but yeah, I was like, oh, they make you do it. I don't want to do it. <laughs> Sometimes it's just a cutscene. You can just close your eyes. I think this game is a bit on the shorter side. I hope I've so. I, that's why I started it. Yeah. I was like, I could probably finish this before yeah. I get Prince of Persia. And then, well, there we go. Right. But now I'm playing both. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> I'm like also it. playing both. I'm still continuing with Cyberpunk, the Phantom Liberty DLC, which is a lot more stuff than I, I expected going yeah, into this. You're like way into this now. I am. So I've probably played like 12-ish hours of this now. And 
I did just glance at a guide because I was like, oh, I think I may have just done like the last big mission and I maybe have like one or two more things before it wraps up. And I just looked at like the list of missions and it's like, it oh no, oh no, more. I'm maybe, maybe two thirds through this at this point. Oh, so, that's quite long. For DLC? So, I mean, again, considering that I got through the original game in like 20, in 20 hours. 20 hours. Right. Like, this is such a significant piece but so of you, content. But you replayed the original game. I started from the beginning. You literally started from right. the beginning. And then you... So it took me about 10 hours to get to the point where I could start the DLC. Okay, so that's... And, I'm at, and now I'm at about 22-ish hours. So you probably have up to like 30 hours. So I probably... Yeah, so once I finish that, good. I'll have another 10-ish hours to go. Yeah. So, and I mean, it's not like this was... I definitely critical pathed it the first time. It's not like this game is lacking for content or anything. But right, right. But I've just been surprised. Like it did not have to be this so big. So robust. It is thirty dollars yeah. though, so it's good that it is because you feel like you're getting a lot of value for. Yeah, it. and it's like a really good story. Like you said, oh, that it's, it's great. Like really, really interesting. I love it. Yeah. There's new characters. Right. And all sorts of right. things happen. It's so. got this kind of like, you know, spy intrigue yeah. storyline going for though. it. So now I have so so the president is safe. That Thank I, goodness. You know, again, the president like crash landed and you had mm -hmm. to evac her. Yeah. And then you get connected with her sort of personal spy who Which is, is who is Elba. who is interest Elba. Yeah. But there's this other person, this woman who is a net runner, who who is kind of like people. It's a very matrixy who they jack into the net. Oh, that's right. I remember the jacking information it. superhighway. You gotta jack in. And she is also like part of the president's crew, and there's this whole like this doubt in your mind of like, am I getting played by one or the mm. other people here? You don't know. And they both they both know each other, but there's a lot of suspicion between them. So you're kind of caught in the middle of this thing of like, who do I trust? I see. I'm doing things for both of them, but right. is it for the right reasons? Is it for, is right, it for right. the reasons that they're saying? I don't know. So that's a, that's been a very interesting kind of position for you to put your character okay. in. Um, I did a very cool set piece recently, which was you're sort of infiltrating. So again, I'm in this dog town, which is kind of like a city within a city mm -hmm. of um, Night City, where the, the game takes place. And there's a guy who's in charge of that. And you, you like infiltrate this big party that he is having for the Night City elite. <laughs> and um, It's very 007. You have to like sneak in and like you and you and Idris Elba are like protecting each other as you get in and then you like put on these ridiculous suits and then you're like hanging out at this party. Yeah. And this party is so well done. And it's just like they they just did a good job of like nailing the ambiance yeah. of being at a big party and like a big cool venue. You need like good sound design for that. You need yes. like that din of conversation. They exactly had that. You need right. like a little music right. in the background. There's, there, there was actually like a live concert happening. Yeah, exactly. You need like the lighting, right, right. all that. And all the characters were in like unique outfits that I had not seen before, like oh, their party and attire. And like gala attire. Right, yeah. there's a lot of different things that you can go, like you can go walk up to the bar. There's It's like a casino setting. You can oh, go do like so stuff cool. at this. Casino. Um, that's so so, so cool. again, like these types of games like can sometimes fall apart when they try to recreate something. I keep going back to Starfield when I think of this game. Yeah. And like Starfield had kind of like a nightclub scene that I thought was super lame. Yeah, where there were like eight people doing this like 
five frame dance right, <laughs> around right. a disco ball or something. Y'all have the vibes. But they like they and they pack this with people. There's like so many people in here. Wow. It just felt like you were a part of this thing. And again, it was all like unique work for this one little scene of the game, which is an important scene, but they definitely didn't like skimp right. on making it feel different and unique yeah. and special. It sort of reminds me a little bit like of that part in Spider-Man where you're at Coney Island. Yeah. Where like all the little right. games are interactive. Exactly. Like they don't have to, they didn't have to do that. Right, right. But it's like, wow, like you really made an effort right. to make this feel so real. Yeah. Um, and it, I think it pays off in, in games like this. Where right. Where you like just really need to get your headspace into the, like the atmosphere and the, right. you know, the moment for the characters. Right, so, exactly. Yeah. So I've got a ways to go still, but... I honestly don't know what's going to happen, and that's propelling, um, you know, a lot of, of what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I've 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 fallen back, and now I'm reading all my cyberpunk books. I gave like it back to you. That, so I told you that tabletop rules book where they have just a lot of the lore and like kind of the setting of of that futuristic world. I've been reading yeah. that again because it's just so rich and so good. And that guy um, Mike Pondsmith, who came up with a lot of this stuff, like is he he is like a real real genius. genius. And I've been reading more about like the collaboration that he had with CD Projekt of making this game. And it, there, he was like, yeah, I had so much faith in them that like when we were coming up with a lot of the lore, like I would let them come up with it. Like, like, it, it I, like I didn't feel like I had to do everything for them. Like nice. they, they understood it so well that they could do it. So I'm, I'm all the way sucked back into this and I will continue and finish the game once, yeah. like, once I get through this. But um, yeah, it's been fun to, to trade off between that and Prince of Persia, which is... Completely different. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm still ho hopeful that we'll eventually get to do our great cyberpunk video idea. Mm, and I still can't don't say, say what it is. Don't say what it is. No. Let's move on to the news. It's yet another slow news week. It's kind of a weird that we've news had. Week. So we're, oh, we're like two, two years into two weeks into the new year. This is CES happening this week. Mm -hmm. Often Sony will do some sort of a talk at CES and they'll talk about PlayStation-y things. Yeah. But CES has not really been the place for games for a while oh, now, wow, so I, yeah. I'm not really holding my breath that there's going to be some big thing right. coming out of that. Yeah. Got some news about the Minecraft movie, which is coming uh, yes. out next year. And Jack Black has signed on to play Steve in <laughs> Minecraft. <laughs> And there are some other people who are signed on to this. I don't recognize these names. Emma Myers, Danielle Brooks, Sebra Sebastian. You know Jason Eugene Momoa. Hansen, with, with Jason Momoa is the one that I do know. Yeah. Do you know any of these other people? No. No. I don't. So obviously Jack Black is Bowser. Right. How do you feel about him just taking on all these big Video gaming game characters? Roles? He certainly has a passion, I think. It's, it's clear that he really just does truly like video games. Um... He was so iconic as Bowser, you know, it's going to be fun and interesting to see, I guess, what he does with this character, which is completely different. Um, but yeah, I think there's a, a comedic sort of element that he can bring to any, any character. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. Go for it, Jack Black. As I was as I was looking this out, like there's very little information about like what this movie on this about. movie. Yeah. I'm like I'm assuming this is animated, but like nobody yeah. specifically said that. I, I imagine it to be animated for a movie that's coming out next year. Like there's surprisingly little right. information about it, so I thought yeah. that was a little weird. I don't know if I'm Nintendo. I think I'm kind of peeved by this. Where it's if like you're Nintendo, you might be peeved. You you will have this long term role as this important character, 
who I think could be even more important in future movies. Right. If they if they do the thing where they make Bowser a hero right. and they team up to fight a communal villain, I think they'll do that. They're gonna do that. Then it's like, uh, maybe we love it if you didn't take on all these video game roles and not have such a leading role. Obviously, it's, it's you know it's probably animation, so it's not like his mm -hmm. face, but he is such a, a larger than life figure. And he's gonna, you know, he's gonna be out there. He's gonna be one of the main yeah, people out there be doing out the there. promotion. Yeah. So. Again, there's nothing you can do about it, right? But I think they would wish that maybe this was not happening. I'm sure they wish that. I th I think for Jack Black, he's probably like, cool. So I guess it's cool. I want to do it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. He doesn't care. Right. Yeah. I'm sure, I guess you probably could write up some something in one of these Hollywood contracts oh, of God, like there's you. There's no way. If you, if you want to do this, you, can you can't like, do that. That kind of is exclusivity from Jack Black. I mean, a lot of do other video game movies. A lot of those me? things you think about, like after the first movie comes out and is a hit, right? Where it's like you didn't have the leverage before. Yeah. Now that's made a billion dollars, you'd like to well, do it, but you can't go back. And Nintendo does, did have some leverage going in, I would say, but yeah. I, I still don't think that kind of clause is pretty hard. I think to yeah, win a contract. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I'm sure they're like, for them, they would like, you know never want any of their actors to do anything ever again except for Right, so exactly, exactly. That's what so. they would like, but oh, that's well. just not the reality, unfortunately. There was also this really interesting oh, story about this um, this guy, uh, Willis Gibson, who goes by the name Blue Scooty, who mm -hmm. finished Tetris. Tetris. Yeah. And was the first person to properly finish Tetris, which is this amazing accomplishment. I can't believe that we've gone this far without somebody doing this. Right, right, it's amazing. But the story kind of got, you know, this weird twist on it where there was this um, reporter in Britain who, you know, was reporting on this and they kind of ended it with this snarky thing of like, why don't you go outside, you nerd? Oh, like touch grass? <laughs> right, yeah. basically, basically that. So that kind of kicked off this whole debate of, you know, why does the mainstream still not appreciate this and yeah. they were saying well you know, if this guy had become this chess grandmaster we would be celebrating him he'd be on the cover of time magazine exactly so what is the difference I, we got an interesting question i can't remember if it was for the main podcast or for a bonus q a mm -hmm. about like the term gamer yeah and how we feel about that and my mind immediately yeah, went, went to, to that, that of like there's, there's still, still like a negative connotation i think right there's, there's a lot of negativity around people who play games extensively mm -hmm. um or or who have that as you know a really kind of lead hobby in their life which is yeah. which is too bad and you know we keep saying like well eventually these people will die off but I don't know. I don't, the woman who was saying this was not the, was not that old yeah, so it's like, there's still this like huge part of like the mainstream whatever yeah. whatever you want to call it that still I think view video games in that way of like it's just some socially you know awkward person in it's a waste of time in their ba parents yes. basement wasting their life away right. playing video games where you know it, it should be celebrated as any art form you know which is unfortunate yeah and people were also pointing out like well oh this is a waste of time but people just like binging netflix or like your beloved um trashy reality tv yeah. like nobody ever gets called out Right. For doing that. Or like, which what if is, you're just on TikTok like 23 hours yeah, a day? Which is all true. You know? So I don't have the solution for how to get beyond this, but it is very frustrating yeah. um, when it happens. And it's too bad that it kind of, you know, marred this great accomplishment that this kid had. Yeah. Which is yeah. incredible. It's an incredible accomplishment. I don't think that he should be feeling any type of way from this very sort of 
ignorant comment, um, but he should be proud. I have seen a lot of love for for him, you know, from you know the people, the the creator of Tetris, like yeah, reached I saw out to that. him. I saw that's that. so nice. And, and, yeah, you know, a lot of other people have been reaching out. So that's been that's been great to see because yeah, this that's is. Awesome. I mean, how old is Tetris? Like, I I couldn't believe that this had never been done. It's crazy, and a thirteen year old kid too. Wow! Right, right. What an amazing. amazing accomplishment. Last news story is also on uh, CD Projekt Red. Mm. They were talking, they did an interview with a Polish outlet and they were talking about how they are not interested in being acquired by another company. They're like us. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just read the quote. We're not interested in, in, in integrating ourselves into any larger entity. Throughout our entire lives, we have worked towards the position we currently hold. We believe that in a few years, we will be even bigger and stronger. Good for them. So I think this is the right outlook. Is yeah. I think if you think like, well, what what would be better if they like if EA bought CD Projekt? Mm -hmm. What would be what, better? What would, what would be better for them? That? What would the yeah. benefit or the upside be for them? And there's not a lot. Yeah, it's true. Can you think of anything? Um, maybe more money. More. It seems like they have plenty of money. It seems like they have. I mean, these I games mean, the are the only thing like financial stability is the only thing I could potentially... Of getting, uh, when, when all your people get laid off? I mean, then, then <laughs> I, I really can't, honestly. I, I think that they're taking the right approach. Clearly, they have established something really great, and they can maintain their creative independence, and they can do things their way, and also scale things at the pace that's comfortable for them. So good. Good for them. Yeah, I think, you know, this is the dream of staying independent. Like, yeah, we're doing things our way. We can do things the way that the big companies do it and sell at the scale of yeah. the big companies, but yeah. we, we are not at their whim. We can we can keep our mindset. We can keep our culture right. and not have to sacrifice ourselves to do that. Because that does feel like, I mean, selling out. It's mm. like you are giving up something of what you were. That's part of the deal. Right. As Don Draper says, that's what the money's for. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> we can learn a lot from Don Draper. <laughs> yeah, so I've, I think that's a great thing. I mean, they, they have really expanded. Like, they have studios in a lot of other places outside mm -hmm. Poland. And I have to yeah. imagine, again, if in that hypothetical where EA acquired them, I think one of the first things they would say was like, well, you don't need those anymore. Yeah, let's, shut those let's, down. let's shut those shut down. Shut those down. And also, you're making the next, like, whatever now. So Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're getting on Battlefield now. <laughs> Good luck. Can you imagine? <laughs> I would be so mad. Right. So yeah. I think this is the right yeah. mindset. I'm glad. I, I think I, I wonder if more people now, after everything that's happened this year, have different feelings about the potential of being acquired. Will some people hold out for longer? Will some people hold out forever? Because there have been so many horror stories over the yeah, past year of, of these acquisitions just not working out. Right, right. I have to imagine some people. Yeah. I think there's a lot of sort of trust lost from... Yes. You know the 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 horror stories right. there, and that's it for the news. Oh boy! Please give us some better news for next week. World. Switch to announcement. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe not that yet. <laughs> All right, we're on to the questions from our community. We always get those from our Patreon subscribers. Thank you very much. Phantom Cookie is first. Hi K and K. Which K is you, and which K is me? I'm number one. We shall two. not know. I have a bit of a cheeky question here. So, that's not going to stop me from asking it. Oh. Now that you've made it to episode 100 of the podcast, that's almost a quarter of the total number of Nintendo Minute episodes. Mm -hmm. Very true. Do you think that years from now, this podcast could also get to 400 plus episodes, or is it too far early to tell? I think so. 
Yeah, I agree. I have no plans of stopping, <laughs> ever. <laughs> um, you're going to listen to my voice until the world ends. Uh, I don't know, yeah, I, I, I honestly, that's what we were saying in the beginning, like, yeah, 100 is a great achievement, but it didn't feel like, oh, God, what a slog it was to get All right, to 100 Right, fine, well, we're just getting going now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because we're on the same pace as Nintendo Minute, where we have something weekly. Weekly, yep. And we're, you know, we've got a great kind of workflow that makes mm -hmm. that realistic and feasible. So, yeah, I think as long as we enjoy it and the people consuming it enjoy it as well, there's, yeah. there's no reason uh, to stop it. Exactly. So. How exciting. 400, here we come. Yes. Gary Vote asks, with Nintendo, I have noticed their games often do not go on sale. Or if they do, they tend to be at lesser discounts than other publishers offer. With the Switch coming to the end of its life, could we see the return of Nintendo Selects? And if so, what games do you think would be part of the selection? Yeah, I think there's going to be sort of this like transitional period like we were talking about where there's going to be, you know, Nintendo's going to need to support both Switch and the next hardware. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do from a games perspective. The thing, though, with sales and what, how Nintendo view it is that, like, if there are people continuing to buy it and there is a huge audience still playing it, then, like, what is the advantage of them putting anything on sale? Right. You know, they're not going to do it um, until it's, like, absolutely yeah, necessary. it's not something you do until you have to. Exactly. Right, and they don't have to do it even now. And I, I think we go the whole generation without them having to do it. I, I mean, they haven't so, had yeah. to drop the price of the hardware mm -hmm. at all. That's something you would also typically see right. before now. Yeah. And yeah, things will slow down as we get closer to the transition. But I think imagine I imagine if they crunch the numbers of like, well, you know, this number at full price or this number at a little bit less. It's probably not that different. Right. So why even go to the trouble? And, you know, this, this symbolic... And people remember when you cut price. Like, so many people were saying, like, oh, I won't buy... You know, the, the, the Sonic the Hedgehog game didn't do well because they cut the price, like, a week later. Yeah, they're going to cut it. Right. Or so I'm just going to wait till then. Certain companies are yeah. no notorious for dropping the price, like, immediately. Right. So I think they, they are happy. Like, we don't do that. People, take note. Buy it now. Yeah. It's not going to change. Right. Buy right. now, buy it later. Right. So I, I don't think they see much point of, of yeah. dropping the price like last second in a generation. Yeah. And if there's backwards compatibility too, yeah. then like why would they bother dropping the price? Right. They might bundle it, you know, or something like that. Like they've sure. done that in the past yeah. as a way to incentivize people. Yeah. But other than that, like they just don't have, they have such a strong position of not needing to, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. Riven asks, now that you've been independent for a couple of years, what do you find most stressful about your current jobs? Has that changed since you started? Um, the most stressful thing is all the stuff that I still don't really know how to do, like taxes and payroll. <laughs> and we had to set up our 401ks this year. Uh huh. I don't know how to do that. That sounds hard. Um, but like things like that is, is pretty stressful. Like okay. I just don't know how to do it, you know? It's just some, something that... You don't think about because you were working with a big corporation and they did all that stuff for you, like health uh -huh. insurance. Like, um. I'm surprised your answer was not uh, daily check-ins on YouTube analytics. Oh, that's just my life now. <laughs> I live and die daily by the YouTube uh, analytics, but it's okay. I'm, I, okay. I've resigned to this life. All right. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think, 
you know, it's definitely like different in terms of like, you know, not to get too like deep in this, into this, but like you know, when you were working at like a corporate job, you just like get the same paycheck every two weeks or whatever. Like, right. This is a little bit different. Like things fluctuate and whatnot. So you have to like plan your financial situation accordingly, you know? Hmm. Um, but other than that, it's, it's, it's been great. For me, I wouldn't say it's something that's stressful, but it is very different where like there's just like a little, no matter what you're doing or like what time of year it is, like there's just a little bit of work that you have to do every day. Oh, yeah. Like, so for example, like I went on a little trip last week, but I was still doing things for this, even though I was right. like, quote, on vacation. Yeah. And that doesn't bother me. Right. I imagine it could bother some people who like, I need to fully disconnect um, from this yeah. for some amount of time, but it's just kind of like the reality of like a two-person company where, like you were saying, like there's some things that you're better at, there's some things that I'm better at, and there are certain things that like we just know how to do at this point mm -hmm. better than others. So like... You know, if you, at Nintendo, it's like, I'm going on vacation. I have somebody else who will step in and do all of that work. Yeah. Now it's like, nobody's doing that. No. It's still, it's just, it's still it's me. Just you. <laughs> so I don't mind that. I like that. Like, I like being involved in this. Right. Yeah. But we're, still, we're also very good at helping each other when of we course. need to. Like, we, right. we try to take as much off exactly. the other person's plate as possible. Right. Like, for right. example, for those bonus Q&As. Oh, yeah. I was on vacation, and then you did it by yourself. Yes. And then you went on vacation, and I did it by myself. Right. Um, which is weird. Sorry. We got to flex people. those AM radio chops. Oh, I felt kind Traffic of and weather it. coming next. I'm going to that jackknife big ring on the 405. <laughs> the 405. What's wrong with Don't the Don't stay off the 405. Never people. get on the 405. It's a mess. It's always a mess. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, it does not bother me either. Yeah. I always like. We always try to check in with Judge to make sure though. Right. Like if I'm going on vacation, it's like, okay, are you going to be okay? Like doing these couple of things yeah, or yeah. how can I help you know but it's true like it's dramatic to say that you'll never truly ever take a vacation again but that's kind of the reality of the situation yeah switching it up underscore underscore got a spicy one. Oh, so recently a new r4 card has been yes. revealed for the nintendo switch Apparently, you can put this card into the cartridge slot, load games onto an SD card, and play downloaded ROMs of Switch games. I remember back in the DS days, it was quite easy to pick up a very similar product where you could run hundreds of DS ROMs off of one of these cards. I was wondering, how was that time at Nintendo? Obviously, Nintendo frowned upon this, so what did they do to try and stop these cards and illegal ROM downloading? How do you think Nintendo will be responding behind the scenes to the news of potential R4 card for Nintendo Switch? I have attached a picture of the new card. Thanks for taking the time to answer my question. When I was uh, at Bandai Namco, there were a lot of people I worked with who just had these. <laughs> I never had one of these myself. Like this whole like emulation thing is too, it's too much work for me. And again, we have the weird like, it's like- I'm still scared. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like the, it's like the Catholic guilt or whatever <laughs> of like being associated. It's like yes, you can't. <gasps> the time travel, right? No, I, I, I will not time travel in Animal Crossing I can't, either. I can't. I can't. Right, I can't, I can't. but yeah, these were these seem to be rather ubiquitous. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think I was at Nintendo at the time where they were kind of at their peak. I think that would have been more you. But Nintendo has a gigantic anti-piracy operation yeah. that I'm sure is all over this. They're all over this. They're 100% looking at like that, the end all solution, which is some sort of hardware update where. I mean, that's the difference. Like on the DS, you cannot just push 
updates. Exactly. I was um, just going to say, endlessly. yeah. And, and I'm System sure, update, here we come. And I imagine there's some people, if they're, de they're, they're you know, dedicated enough to this, they're just like, well, I'm just not going to update my system ever again. Just like the duping. But it, it is, it, you will deter some people by doing that. Yeah, I think that they are pretty extreme too. Like they might have some sort of update that like if you use this card, it breaks your system. Yeah, like they can be really extreme. Yeah, and they'll find who's doing this, but but it is it is you know one of those things where once you're past this point, it's hard to go back. It is, yeah. It is very late in the generation, so I think they there's probably Maybe. some amount of relief yeah. that that you know this didn't happen sooner. Right. Because there, I mean, a lot of generations have been cut short. Like PSP was just like oh, rife just, with piracy. Yeah. And also DS um, at yeah, that DS point was too. Pretty, pretty bad. So, it's an ongoing. You know, struggle for them, but again, they, they are very equipped and ready to deal with this at all times. Yeah. Whether you can fully eradicate it, probably not, but um, they will certainly. They might it. like make an example of someone. That's, oh yeah. That's what they love right. to do, where they like catch you know somebody that's doing this. They, it becomes like a big, and they'll like manufacture news around it. Like right. They'll make this a big yes. deal. Yes. We got we got this guy. We got this guy. We're we're punishing right. you know this per this is this is the actual ninjas. This is what they're actually doing. Mm -hmm. They're not coming after the leakers that much. They're coming yeah. after the piracy people. Right. right. So yeah, I wouldn't want to mess with that. I'm a little scared <laughs> um, of Nintendo when it comes to this kind of stuff. But uh, they mean business. They do mean business. Yeah. yeah they are not messing around. The Keggers is next. Hey, KNK, the Game Awards Twitter account posted an interesting question today, so I thought I would ask you guys and see what you think. Which video game character deserves a comeback in 2024? My personal answer was Fox McCloud from Star Fox. We are long overdue for a new game in that series. That's a good one. I miss Fox. He can be something. Um, what game character? I mean, the answer has to be Mega Man. It just oh, has. It just has to be. Oh, poor Mega It Man. has to be Mega Where Man. Where is he? He's gone. I don't know. I mean, it's not the concept of Mega Man could still work today. Yeah. In a lot, there have been three D Mega Man games. Those mm -hmm. were cool. Yeah. You could still make those two D games. Yeah. Those would be cool. Mm -hmm. Make something. Do a try. Thing. <laughs> Please try. Yeah. Try something. Try. And there still is like a, there's still somehow is still a pretty big fan base yeah. for Mega Man. It probably wouldn't be like a record-breaking game. Sure. But as far as like the Capcom portfolio, and, and they still put Cap and they still put Mega Man out there as like a mascot. Like, yeah. It's like there's no there's no reason in all of their like There's no stuff. reason this yeah. shouldn't work. Hmm. I wanted to be like wanted to think of a character that's like really out there, but the only one I can think of is Donkey Kong. <laughs> oh. Because I do think Donkey Kong needs, like we were talking about this too, like Donkey Kong needs, games, a, yeah. needs like a resurgence. Right. We need some games. We need, we just need Donkey Kong to be more present because Donkey Kong was so like present in the movie and it's all, all obviously going to be very present in the theme park. Um, yeah, where's, where's the next like Donkey Kong? Come on! Where is that? Um, also, tied with Samus. We saw a little Samus last year. It's not been that long since we had Samus. With a remake. But we need a new, like, we need to know what Samus is up to nowadays. Don't compare Samus with Mega Man, okay? This is very different situations. Samus. <laughs> my I like pain. Samus. Feel my pain. VGM Life is last with our last question. Hi, Kit and Krista. One game that did not come up 
during their 2024 predictions is Dragon Quest 12. Oh, yeah. The game was announced in May 2021, and this is now the longest we've gone between Dragon Quest releases, as Dragon Quest 11 came out in July 2017. Do you think there's any chance the game releases this year, perhaps on both Switch and Switch 2? Could happen. I did see some recent stuff with Yuji Hori. Yeah. Lately, he's like out and about uh -huh. doing some things, so we could be getting close yeah. on a Dragon Quest announcement. I love to see it. Um, I love Dragon Quest. I think that would be great if this was a part of the launch lineup for Switch 2. That would be a huge, like... Yeah. A huge win for them, you know? So yeah. I think last year I had a prediction about this being in some Nintendo Direct because, mm -hmm. yeah, it has been a long time. It's been a long time, yeah. And I like the idea here that it's a Switch and Switch 2 game. Yeah. Because that, that's always what they're trying to do is like, let's get this on the biggest platform. And they jump around platforms historically. Right. So Switch and Switch 2 would be a good idea mm -hmm. to just get it in front of a lot of people. And then maybe after that, it, it releases on on everything else, or maybe yeah. or maybe they just go fully multi-platform, and maybe they're waiting for the Switch Two to come out to so they can do the like power the, the all the three. power mat the power uh, adds up yeah. everywhere. But remember, we did that video before the TGAs about if GTA Six forced Nintendo's hand to reveal the Switch Two right. because that was a game that was on it. Right. The reason we even considered saying that is because that happened with the last Dragon Quest That's game. That's right. Exactly. When it, This was like one of the first, or maybe the first game that was confirmed for the NX the, the, console. NX console, right, yeah. Before anything was actually happening. Yeah. And it's an example of Nintendo breaking some of its rules. If there's a really, really, really big Hot and title. important game for them, they will let that happen this sometimes. Is, this is what we're talking about. Like that, that you know, licensing the PDR team, mm -hmm. they're working hard on these deals. Yes. And that's, that is the power that a prestigious developer or title can have to change even your own announcement yes. plans. Get them to sign on the dotted line, win the steak knives, win oh. the Cadillac. Yes. Salesman's dream. Yes. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Look, this knife cuts through this tin can yeah. like it's butter. <laughs> okay. Uh, wow. That is sort of the end. It's a packed episode, my gosh. Of our 100th episode. Wow. How do you feel? I feel great. Really? Yeah. I have to pee. <laughs> All right, get the writings on the wall. So we need to wrap this up, but before we can do that, we will love to shout out our wonderful superstars. Let's Here do we just that. Go, Aaron Hash, Ben Icorn, Mara Mayhem, Eigenverse, Kiss My Flapjack, Mike Chin, Roy Eschke. Switching it up, underscore. Spazon! PGM Life, Link, the hero of Winds, Angela Bycroft and her pig Molly, Thomas O'Rourke, Kyle Above. Roberto Nieves. Frederick Ulf Conradson. Andrew Uhas. Chili. And Bruce Dash. Happy 100 episodes to, to Molly. Molly. I, really, I really had to wind up for that underscore, too. Molly is going to be with us for hundreds of more episodes. <laughs> yes. I'm so excited. Molly is our biggest supporter. Um, all right, here we go with our one up club. A. Rom Burgundy. Ale Alejandro. Astro Dev. Awesome 46. Bad Moon Horizon. Benji B. Book of Dano. Bookishly Fab. Brad SF56. Brooke Obscura. Brovac Novak. Cameron. Shelly Squirrel. Christopher Lay. Captain Alex. Crimcat. Sea Roper 17. Cynical Squid. Daxon. Doinko. Elite Peach. S Bars 50. Fart Priest 69. Fairbound. Fernie and Jess Forever. 
Fox Deploy. Garrett Hallfish. Garth the Wolf. Gartooth. G Sun 101. Heroic. Iris Marin. Jay Rando. Jabroni Jones. Jeffrey Hernandez. Jeremy Lewis. Jerry 92602. Jesse Hernandez. John Responte. Jonathan Rowe. Jordan Collette. Jordan Hemmerly. Joshua Clements. Juji Fruit. Justin Leminger. Kawa 2796. Keith Kwan. Kevin Delane. Kilo Kibo. Chris Tarati Kid. Christopia Party with me. Kyle Gamer Barry Rookie. Kyle Kretzer. Linnell Stickman. Lazy for Coffee. No. Yes. Lazy what for coffee? Oh, lazy cat for coffee. Cannot forget that. Lex. Lit. Matcha Potato. Mad Dog 5981. Magnificent Easy G plus Callie Marie. Marky Man 64. Mario Man 392. Mecha Dragon 101. Medallion. Megan. Michael Craven. Mikey. Mr. Ryan 07. Motomania. Mr. Andy Paul. Mr. Beans and Dip. MSM Pokegamer. My Tran. Nasir. Nathan Burkhart. Nick. Ninja 11. Panda Buns. Hangy. Paul C. Pace. Paul Gill Network. Prime Factor. Prince Charmless. Reaver. Rain Tech. Ryoth 1. Rob Osborne. Rocks. Ryanetta. Sharif Jackson. Shinryu. Slowbro. Schnozzle. Spicy Munchkin. Steel Citrone. Tales of Link. Tay. 1, 2, 0, N64. Tech Magic. The Shark on my bed. Thomas Alvarez. Three Rivers. Timmy V. Topher Schmofer. Totally Joe Ed. Travis Torline. Trajawi. Tugs Puppy Bear. Tusku. Tyler Geis. Fest Fest. Video Game Stupid. Viridia. Virtual Bot. Weeb Kingdom. WG Grizzy. What up, Khalil? Wicked Davy. Zudiver. Zelgaroth. Zapati. And Zwaid. Oh my god, Um, okay. Please. Please. <laughs> Join please. us, please, at patreon.com slash kit and Krista. Help us get to 200 episodes. If you're watching this on video, you can go ahead and subscribe to the Kit and Krista YouTube channel. Give this video a thumbs up and leave us a comment if you'd like. And if you're listening on audio, you can also subscribe. Give us a five-star rating and a written review if you please. And we're on the socials. We're on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, and Threads. That's it. Back on to 101. With 101 next week. Yes. See you guys later. Bye. Bye. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.